Welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm your host, Alaka Raven. Today, got another special treat for y'all. My next guest is known for hits such as Everything's Gonna Be All Right, I'll Do For You, Treat Them Like They Want to Be Treated, Lisa Baby, One Night Stand, 69. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, he's a former platinum recording artist with the legendary Uptown Records, who's introduced artists such as Mary J. Blige, Heavy D and the Boys, uh, Kenny Green and Intro, Jodeci. I mean, the list goes on and on. So with all that said, it's an honor, it's a pleasure to introduce to the Bridging the Generation podcast, the one, the only, Father MC. Let's go. Let's go. First off, man, I want to I want to thank you for for blessing the podcast, man, with your presence, man. Words cannot explain how much you have meant to me, and how much you have meant to the culture, man. For all the things that you have you you, you have done in the, in the the music industry, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot, man. No doubt, no doubt. So look, like I said, brother, I want to start from the beginning, man. I want to know how did Mister Brown come to be Father MC, come to be the legend, the myth that we all know and love, man. So I want to take it back, brother. Let's let's go back, man. First of all, how did you get that name, man? Like, I remember when you came out and that always stood out to me. I was in, I had went to junior high school, graduated in Queens because, you know, I had to leave Brooklyn, you know. And my mom's, you know, I went to my name was Timmy T. So then um I went to June, I went to high school, but I went to summer school that year. And I named my father. I named it Father, Father MC. But then that's when the five percenters was, was going crazy. Could y'all hold on one second yet? Just let me just take this. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I got pardon me one second. Nah, go ahead. I'm gonna edit all. I'm, I'm gonna edit all this. Okay, let me put my shit on because my shit gonna be going crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um, I went to summer school, and the teacher would she, you know, it was the five percent nation, and the teacher, the cooking teacher, Miss Lewis, I won't never forget. She called me father, father all summer. So then when we in, I never forget, we was in um the hallway, and all the guards was like building. They was building on the side, and I'm walking past, and all I hear is father, and it's my teacher. <laughs> and she said, yeah. opposite is, next thing you know, I'm like, oh, shit. So all five percenters came to me. It's like, oh, peace, God, peace, God, peace, like surrounding me. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> next thing you know, I said, listen, right, man, right. I'm from Brooklyn, and this shit is new to me, and I'm here. And they said, how you understand today's mathematics? And then I just, they, they saw that I wasn't that kid. You know what I'm saying? They, they knew I wasn't that dude because I was 
bad in high school, man. I was I was cool, but I was bad. That's why I got kicked out of Brooklyn. So they respected the game because they knew I wasn't a part of that. You know what I mean? And the way my demeanor was carried at that time, I was a ladies' dude, man. I like I was women, so they knew it wasn't. You know, I ain't want no smoke, and they ain't want no smoke either. So they just let that be. And then out of nowhere, right, everybody right. Cool. So I say, your father, 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 father. And then there was this one five percent, and he had a hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, brother, hold on, brother, hold on, brother, hold on, brother, hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. The sound like you kind of going in and out is a way that you could probably move a little closer to the to the mic or to the laptop. That like that it? it's kind of the sound is kind of going out. You telling me a very great story. Is that it or is it there we go? That sound up? like a, that sound like a little better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, take it back. All right. Um, let me see what was I um oh so you know everybody was cool with it. So then this one five percent he had a problem with it. So you know, me and him handled out, we just knuckled up, knuckle game. I handled my business and then I ain't never have a beef with it after that, you know. Right, right. Okay, no doubt. So so uh I, I noticed you mentioned you said you're from Brooklyn. So what part of Brooklyn are you from? I was from um, Flatbush, Vanderveer. Flatbush. Okay, okay. So growing up in Brooklyn, man, you know, um, during the during the 1970s, man, you, you basically saw the genesis of hip-hop, man. What was that like? And how did that influence you? Man, it was crazy. And then when I heard um, Rapper's Delight and King Tim the Third. I was like, yo, these cats getting paid for this shit? <laughs> I'm gonna have to do nothing crazy. I, I, this is my thing. And I knew it was my thing. So, like I said, I was a knucklehead. And you know, I was I was dibbling and dabbling with the rap thing. And then when I got kicked out of Brooklyn, I had nothing else, you know, moving to Farakaway. It was just me in, in the crib. So I just picked up a pen and started really, you know, getting into it. And then when I went to high school, I really started getting into it. And then after I graduated, you know, I was working at KFC. So everybody would tell you when, when I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken, I always was writing rhymes like at work, like just writing, writing, writing. So um, <laughs> going to the studio, just going to the studio, stayed in the studio, just doing my thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's what's up, man. So. What was some of the what, what was some of your influences outside of hip hop? Because you know, again, you're from another generation, brother, and you know, hip hop, you know, came a little. It's, it's one of the the newest uh, musical genres. So, was you ever into any uh, other uh, types of music outside of hip hop? No, you want to know what's crazy? I was into law. I was into like like wanting to be a lawyer. That's the crazy part. I really wanted to be an attorney. Like you know. Like I wanted to always like de like debate with somebody to yeah. try to help the, in the innocent get off, or even the guilty guys get yeah. off. I always wanted that. Excuse me. Yeah, if you come a little closer to like I don't know what's going on. It's like when you fall, when you fall away, man, the sound is just okay. it sounds crazy, okay. brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. When you that's that's I, I hate to have you. I want you to be comfortable with it. <laughs> you know, the sound is crazy. No worries. Yeah. 
So, so nah, you were saying that you wanted to be a lawyer, man. So, Mr. Brown wanted to be a lawyer. That's crazy. What, what, what you used to watch a lot of Ironside or what? <laughs> I used to watch um, Hill Street Blues back in the day. Hill Street okay. Blues. Um, just all of those shows, man. But then the, 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 the rest. That's the joint. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the joint with Denzel, right? Hill Street Blues? Nah, what's nah, the- no, no, no. That's the joint with, uh, what's the white, the, the chick from, Ah man, the blonde chick, man, that was real yeah, popular. Yeah. Beautiful chick, too. Yeah. 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 The, the name is it skips my mind. Heather Locklear. I don't remember. Yeah, Heather Locklear. She probably was. I never Locklear. knew the stars. I just liked the show. Yeah. Yeah. She was on that joint, man. So all right, let's let's fast forward, man. So all right, here you is, man. You you getting if you said you I heard you mention uh King Tim the third. And um, that that's the fatback band. So I'm trying to figure fat out. Band, right. you, know, you, 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 you from you're a little you you're a little older than me, and a lot but of people say that you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say, man, that rappers delight is the first hip hop song, and some say King Tim. Yes, hey, King I got Tim. Father MC on here, man. What was the first hip hop song, man? That was really popular. The J-I-N-G, the T I M, King Tim the Third, and I am him. Yeah. Fat back, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's two years. That, like that, that's that's two. I be trying to tell people like that's two years prior to Rappers Delight. Rappers Delight is seventy nine. Right. But Rappers Delight hit okay. in a way. It hit so big, it seemed like it was yeah. the first. You know. Okay. That's when you had all the great stuff. You had Blondie. Um, ding, ding, dong, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you had all of that. Like, um, true. You had joints, but back in the day, man. That's what that was. So you was there at the essence of it, man. Like, like I'm saying, like, like, you know, a lot of people don't realize, man. Like, it was a very special time, and those who were there. To witness the magic, man, you know, with cool, uh, yeah. cool DJ Cool Herc and all cool the legends, Herc. man. It, it was, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a special time. So look, so when did you decide, man? You know what, man? I'm kind of good at this shit, man. I, I think I can, I think I can do something with this, man. What, what was the bug, man? What was the fire that was lit? You when, know, that when, made you realize, man, I'm gonna take this shit serious. When me and my crew, it was I was with for, um, the first fleet and two DJ. I had two DJs as the gimmick. Me, God bless Shanti Chamel and Rob, DJ Rob Ski, okay. and it was for them seeing the first fleet. And we entered this contest called the USA Roller Skating Ring, and I won. Came in first okay. place. Had a trophy bigger than me. I had. Um, <laughs> they gave us a thousand dollars, you know, for the winner and. Took the thousand dollars and took we took all our dudes that was there. We had everybody though, because back then I was right. in Brooklyn, I was in the Bronx, I had Queens, I had Uptown Manhattan. So everybody was coming to that contest. And it we I had it so lit because I'm from Brooklyn, moved to Queens. So now not only do I got Brooklyn in the building, I got Queens in the building. Then you had the Bronx no. and Manhattan for everybody else. So that it was so lit, man. And and you get under the turnstile to get to the USA, boy. It's a long way to that. <laughs> and every night, every Friday night, you would want to get out because it was nothing but gunfire. Like, bah, 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 under the train trestle. And <laughs> cars, it was like some really okay corral stuff. 
And um, we won, and we yeah, took thousand yeah. dollars, broke bread, and then we we bought a whole bunch of forty ounces for the cats that rocked with us, and we took that was money for the studio. Next thing you know, it was like my guys got locked up. My guys got locked up, both of them. So I was out there for self. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to go to the studio and I'm going to start holding it down. And they got hit with a little bit of, they had to do a little stretch. So, you know, then I just had to start taking me more serious. And I met with um, Kirk Whitley, Kirk Whitley. I met with Kirk Whitley and um, he was with Uptown. He was the A&R for Uptown. And then um, he was taking me to the studio, but he was making me change my words. I was inking stuff, but he kept making me change shit. And I, but I, I was going for it because he took me to Uptown. They turned me down. They didn't want nothing to do with me. Andre was like, God bless Andre. Now, hold on, hold on one second, uh, 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 Mr. Brown. So here we are. You know, they, 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 you said the brother took you to Uptown. Now, how was your style back then? Because... One thing I always love about you, man, you always had you had a very distinctive style down to the look, the dress, the voice, the delivery. What was yeah, it pre-1990, you know, what was it? They took me to Uptown. Uptown turned past on me. They was like, nah. <laughs> I was with Kurt. Kurt Willie, he was the A&R. So I'm thinking I'm definitely in. All I got to do, we was trying to do this record called Doing It in the Park. Doing it in the park, oh yeah, concrete park. Doing that, oh, kind of like uh, Blackbirds joint. Yeah, that was it. And we was doing it, and then he kept making me change. So I was like, man, I just said, yo, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna pay for studio. I can't do this. I, I gotta pay for my own studio, man. And I let that go. Then I start going to the studios that he put me on. I start, you know, going there, and just start paying my own way. And I made this record called It's Time to Go Prime. And that's when I met um, Dante Ross. I met Dante Ross. He was the president at Tommy Boy. And he told me, he was like, yo, then I start meeting all these other record companies just being out. And father, the name Father starts circulating in the city hard. And um, okay. next thing you know, um, he said, he was the president of Tommy Boy. He said, I'll sign you to Tommy Boy. But, right. Leaving Tommy Boy, I'm going to um, Polygram or 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 one of those, not Polygram, um, Atlant Atlantic was it? Mercury. Oh, okay. Not Mercury. He was going to one of those labels, in Electra. Electra. He was going to Electra, okay. and um, he said he's going to be the president over there. He said if you wait six months, you could come with me. I was mm. like, man. But he gave me paperwork to both, you know, Tommy Boy, Electra, and then next thing you know, now I'm. You know, when Kurt Whitley had me going to Uptown, I just kept seeing the way Al B. Shore and Guy and Heavy D. I saw Vanessa and Quist. I saw the way Uptown was just building these guys. And I was like, I got to get here. I got to be here somehow. I didn't care about the label because now I got a record deal from Def Jam. Leon Cohen paid before any, this is all going. I signed to a with, with the two DJs, um, Robsky and Shati. We signed the deal yeah. to Stupid Fresh Records in Farakaway. Leo yeah. Cohen took me, got an attorney, got me out of that deal quick. So I really thought I was going to be with Def Jam. I had so many contracts, man. I had, I'm going, I got paperwork like this, dude. I'm going to Uptown now. I remember one day I went to Uptown with my record. 
with the paperwork. I said, I don't want no deal, man. I just want to be signed to Uptown Management. I don't want, I here, nigga, I got like seven. Now, why didn't you want a deal? Huh? Yeah. Why didn't like, you want a deal? Why didn't you want a deal? Because I had seven or eight record contracts. Remember, they turned me down so many times. They turned me down before. So I'm going back because I want the management. I don't want the deal. I got one of these I could pick from. So at the end of the day, they was playing the record. It's time to go prime. And Andre, I was standing behind the door. I was standing near the door. And Andre bust in and was like, yo, who's that? And he didn't see me because I'm standing here. He bust in and the door is right in front of me. And they said, that's Father MC. And he said, that little black mother. And they said, yeah. And they, he said, yo, get him on the phone. He's like, yo, he's here. And I, I the door shut. And they see me. he's like, yo, what's up? You know, we start talking. And they said, Dre. He's like, Dre was going through with the hype. Like, yo, I'm going to sign you. I'm going to do this and do that and do this. And and Bob Celeste and the attorney and Steve Lucas, they was all in the office. And they was like, Dre, we ain't here for a record deal. And he's like, well, you, what do you what, what you mean? And what are you here for? Yo, he just wants the management. No, we want, we want, you know, we want, we want to get him on record label. And they said, Dre, and he had all of my contracts on the table. Dre sent, right. I don't forget Dre. It was a Friday night, I believe. Dre sent someone to go to the bank. That's when Uptown was in Brooklyn. And he sent them up the street to go to the to the bank. Get me a thousand dollars and said, don't sign anything. If I don't beat them by Tuesday, he said, you get right. to keep the thousand dollars. You don't owe me nothing. And um, we'll manage you. I'm in a win-win situation. I said, shit, I don't wait it this long. I could wait a couple of days. You know, I took the thousand dollars. We went out to, um, what was that? Uh, not Latin quarters. I think it was Latin quarters. We went to Latin quarters, I believe, and um, partied the whole week, dude. I got it. I was working at. <laughs> I get the call from Bob Celeste. Yo, we just want to say welcome to Uptown. Oh, the time out, time out. You was working at KFC when you got the KFC. deal. That's crazy. Hey, I quit too. As soon as he called me, and he called me, yeah. you know, I'm I'm waiting on the, the call. They said they're gonna call me by five o'clock, um, that Monday or Tuesday. So I'm waiting. The phone don't ring. Phone don't ring. 4.30. Bing. Hit me. Boom. Welcome to Uptown. Man, I, I'm i rushing to go catch the Long Island Railroad. I'm seeing the time, you know, the yeah. times of the train. Man, I'm messing everything up. I took the numbers so they can't call people that work there. I called a couple of cats and said, yo, y'all don't have to work today. X, Y, Z. It was rush hour. I'm in the bathroom changing up because I'm getting ready to jump on this Long Island Railroad. Opening <laughs> out the crowd coming in. It was just, I had this boy who was from Alabama. His name was Scott. And he used to always be screaming like, Father! Like, just disrespectful. Man, <laughs> I waited until the line got out the door. And he said, where you going? Where you going? I'm in my regular clothes now. I'm like, I'm going to see you later, money. Last time, sleep. Yeah. Went, got that, was it. that was it. <laughs> they got me, you know, they got me uptown. Uptown was the best, my best choice. I don't think father would have done the numbers that father's done on any other label. I just because uptown understood me, you know what I mean? I would have had fun with other labels, but I don't think it would have been the, the success of, of uptown, you know. Okay, okay, so look, so so here we are. 
it's you know you sign with um uptown records now you know when i do when i done my um my research i noticed that uptown record they had different distribution deals and different management deals with a lot of the artists so were you signed directly to uptown because i know heavy d was but some of the other artists explain that why, why was it like that they had they had because uptown started as uptown management and um guy was signed to uptown management but mca records mca was our parent company uptown was signed under mca so mca basically gave andre some money and said sign us but albie shaw was signed to warner brothers i believe you know but he was with uptown management finesse and quest was signed to uptown you know um i came through and signed directly with uptown uptown mca I was directly with Uptown. You know, me, Heavy, Mary, and Jodeci were, and Christopher Williams, Uptown, Uptown. You know? Okay. Um, Guy was was MCA. Warner Brothers was I'll Be Sure. Who else? Okay. Uh, Jeff Ray. Uh, Jeff Ray was Jeff with, Ray. Uh, he was with um, MCA, I believe. Uptown management. Okay. What's Jeff on Uptown? I think was Jeff Rex and Uptown. I remember. What about Rex and Effects? I remember always seeing them around. The, you know, um, you know, because you know Teddy Riley and they, they was with Teddy's camp. That was a whole. They wasn't even Uptown management. That was like a whole nother label and everything. They had nothing to do with Uptown. Okay. All right. Okay. So here we are. Let's fast forward a little bit. So here it is, man. And I'm, I'm I'm from Washington D.C., but the first time okay. I heard, you know, uh, what's that again? My guy, Mark Barnes. Yeah, 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 run the clubs. Yeah, he's yeah, right, he's yeah. stay up the road. He's <laughs> stay up the road. Yeah, <laughs> that's my guy. Um, that so, guy. Look, yeah. so here it is, man. So here it is. It's 1990, man. It's like the, the we're talking about the summer of 1990, and you just released, you know. The single, um, treat them like uh, Mary J. Blige. Now, which one is what uh, you know? Which one was the first single? Was it, was it, treat them, uh, treat them for me, treat them like you want to be treated? Was the first single on Uptown. Okay, so, okay, uh, I apologize. I always get as far as the dates, I know they both off the same project, but as far as the dates, so okay, treat them was the so first. Tell me what led up to that. I was doing okay. Treat him, treat, him, treat him like they're going to be treated with the first, and that came out like. And, and you know the crazy thing about it. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. When that, when that, when those songs took off, it seemed like like up here in DC, it's like in '91. It seemed like that's when they really popped. So when I got the when I I had that I had that album on tape. I got mm -hmm. the tape in in January of '91. I was in seventh grade, so when that was, you know, and come when I looked at the when I look at the album, I realized like it came out in '90. I'm like, but I don't really remember these songs being that. Like, let me, like, let me, let me tell you why, though. Yeah, you know what you're talking about because when Freedom came out, I'm tripping. Like maybe I'm in the Matrix or something, but it just uh -huh. seemed like those songs dominated '91. Yeah, let me tell Talk you, Freedom. Treat them like you want to be treated came out in 90. 
the album wasn't done. When Treatem came out, it took off so big that I start, you know, they had me doing Uptown, Uptown promotional tour. Then MCA, the parent company, was like, we need father. So I didn't have time to finish the album. So why that's why Treat Them Like You Want to Be Treated had like 20, 60 remixes all around, you know, different remixes. Yeah, and yeah. the album wasn't done. They, every state I was going in, city I was going, they had me in studios trying to finish this album. Then we finished Out Do For You and had Dave, I had Dave Hollister on Out Do For You. That was the first record, like was supposed to be the second single. But Dre said he don't want to get caught up. So, you know, he had sent for all of the or all of the producers to produce um remixes for I'll do for you. We went and got Mary and Mark and Corey that produced Treat Them Like You Want to Be Treated. They did a remix for I'll Do For You, which they produced the original I'll Do For You. They got um Mary and we did um Cheryl Lynn's To Be Real. Uh and um Tell me the, the original one didn't have that that uh that sample that no that, uh, the original Cheryl one was with me and Dave Hollister. And next thing you know, um when they came with the to be real remix, Dre was like, We're going with this as the second single. I was at the radio station in DC, um GCI, I believe. Was it GCI or one of the radio stations? But they kiss 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 FM, that's the big station out here. Well, I was in D.C. I never forget. It was Cowboy. Cowboy was the PD or, or disc jockey or whatever. And he told me, he said, this record is going to take you out of here. And I'll do for you. Yo, and he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. Yeah, he, wasn't lying. Yeah, he, he wasn't lying at all. Him and Harsh at KML told me that I'll do for you. If you think you're, you're, you're becoming big now with Trinum, he said, but when they released that I'll do for you, right. you're gone. And uh -huh. I waited to see. I waited to see. And then when they did that, how I knew they was telling the truth, because when when I'll do for you was so big and it had crossed over now. I'll do for you crossed over. Mm -hmm. They took we had the third single was Lisa Baby, but we had Dave Hollister on it right Baby. there. That was my shit. That was my shit right there. They stopped that. It's still on the album. It made the album cut, but they stopped it, and we threw Jodeci and Devontae did a remix to Lisa Baby, and that we shot the video, and it was that's why you see like the Versace and all of the the Rolex and the all yeah, of the, yeah. gear, the gear, the real gear, the colorful like boom. It was like you a whole nother level artist now, and I was just like the video was even shot different, and I was like. It's like kind of crazy, but it was dope. It was good. And I never knew how many people yeah. really love Lisa Baby, like like even to this day. Like people, you know, of course they know treat them and I'll do you. I don't like I don't I I like the remix one. The, 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 the album version, I don't really too much care for that one, but that remix version is yeah. the one that yeah. really showed us. Let me say this. The album version is cool. Like, I don't, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to say I dislike it, but that remix version just really crazy. brings that song out with, with, with Jodeci and them on it. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And so, I had so, so I had to had Alisa go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. I had Alisa O'Neill in the video. You know, I had her in um, One Night Stand and in um, 
um, treat them like, I mean, One Night Stand and in um, Lisa Baby. I had them both in the videos. Okay. So look, so look, let's let's go back. Let's slow it down. Let's slow it down. Because we got to talk about the whole persona of Father MC, man. See, when you came out, brother, you was like a one of one. Like, we had LL, and he, you know, he had his style. But as far as catering to the ladies and making it cool to treat women with, with, with dignity and respect, but still being respected by the street hustlers and being respected by you know, the brothers in the hood, man, you brought a whole new element. So the question I posed to you was, was this by design um, from you or was this the brainchild of Andre Harrell? I think it was both. It was both because I've always been known in the streets. Like the people that know me, they always say that the suit gimmick was Andre Harrell, which it was. I can't front, you know, but um, I always dressed. I always dressed. I always dressed. You know, it's just Andre and Father MC took it to a whole nother level. But to the street, everyone know how I got down. So, you know, right. to the brothers to, to, to be on some cool, like in the hood, I was good. But then also I always was, I was raised, you know, by my mother. So she raised me and my brother like to be, you know, gentlemen to the, you know, to the women. So, it, it it was a it was a joint venture I think with me and Dre. Yeah, you know what, man? Like I said, when I when I purchased that tape, cause I got that tape for my birthday in seventh grade, and I'm gonna tell you, man, yo, I I tried to emulate you so much, man, <laughs> down to the haircut, down to the clothes. I man, I can show you pictures, man. And then wow. the thing that really that, that really resonated, man, you was a dark skinned brother, man. And you know, Al B. Show had that whole thing locked up. Al had it lit. Al had it lit, man. But then, you know, you a dark skinned brother, man, and 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 and, and ladies feeling him and brothers respecting him. It, it was beautiful, man, to see a brother bringing that type of positivity, man, but a swagger and coolness, man, that we just really haven't seen before, or to be honest. And this is what the kids say, no, uh, no cap, no cap. No cap <laughs> I, no we cap. really haven't seen that. We really haven't seen that before. So, you know, knowing and just being there in the moment, man, did you realize that, you know, you was going to create this legacy and be this 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 cult figure that you are today, man? You know, you know, what's crazy is I saw it in the making because not only with Uptown, but it's like. MCA, the our parent company, when they when yeah. they would call, like I seen the making of Father MC, like in the making. I saw Uptown because I always was at the office with Uptown, but MCA was our parent company. So when I'd go to MCA, I saw the way they would like delegate things. Like I would always want to be at the Hilton, you know what I'm saying? Like at you know where Uptown would usually put us, Hilton or the Sheridan, they would have me like at a bigger hotel, like with a bigger name, you know, father, like it was two different type of treatments. Like Uptown would have me getting picked up in a, you know, limousine, let's say at the airport, yeah. you know, MCA would have a town car unless I was with my crew, but MCA would have you a town car. Like I was doing the trucks before it was, 
fancy to to do the trucks yeah. like rolling up the president like that's what MCA was doing so I saw the the different growth like how they was trying to delegate for MC and I I, I loved it though you yeah, know yeah so so here we are man like I said man we I got we we, we gonna stay on this Father's Day project just a little bit just a little bit but I want to I want to talk about the making man uh talk tell me about the making of um you know, uh, do 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 for uh, do for me, do for you. I always messed the, the, that title up. I'm sorry. Can you tell yeah, me about uh, the the making of that song, man? You know, with 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 Mary J. Blige, man. How did that? How did you put that together? What was the the inspiration of putting that song together, man? Because even in, in 2021, man, that song still resonates today. It's still relevant, man. Talk about that. When when we was on tour with Freedom, it was like. We had so many remixes that, like I said, Dave Hollister was on I'll Do For You, the original. So when I was on the road somewhere, you know, doing promotion, and at the end of the day, they flew me back in and said, yo, you in the studio, and we're doing a remix. And I, I went, I saw Mark and Corey at the studio, and I saw Mary there. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Mary was, you know, wow. They just went and threw Mary in the booth, and Mary just started singing my hook. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So I'm liking that version better than I like the Dave Hollister's version. So I'm like, <laughs> and then I was like, I knew that was the record, but I thought it was going to come out as a remix. You know, I didn't know at this point how the game really worked because I'm still a new artist. I'm just becoming father. And um, Dre was like, he called me to his office and said, yo, we're going with the remix. And I'll never forget when we had to clear the sample, Dre came to me because I, I'm the one paying for it. You know, he's like, yo, this is how much they charging. And I just need to know, do you want to do it? And he said, sometimes the single, the single helps the album. And I'm like, you mean, I mean, she took everything. She took Charlene. So when you, when you, oh, so when you mean, and I, I want the audience to hear this, man. So when you mean, you had to pay everything. You're basically saying that came out of your budget. Yeah, basically. I had to pay her over 300 grand. I remember that. I had to pay her that. And well, it was like a catch 22. It was a risk because it made the album do what the album did. But I made nothing on that record. I made nothing on that record because she said, if y'all want it, I'll give it to y'all. But I want everything. I want everything. And I was like, damn. And I don't understand that, man. And up front, yo, do you think that fair, man? Like, yo, that's crazy though. Like, I don't so she so you telling me in 2021, Cheryl Lynn is still collecting royalties off that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So am I though. I still get paid too. But in the process, no, I, 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 I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, uh, it was like you had to you had to do it so it could benefit the album. Right. It's like you had to do it so it could benefit the album. That sometimes you gotta lose to win. And a lot of people don't know what that means, lose to win. Sometimes you gotta pay it. Like I didn't see I didn't have three hundred thousand at that time. At the end of the day, MCA would, would cover it, but I would have to pay MCA back with the royalties on my album. Yeah. So when I'm waiting on that check to come, the check may be a little low, but the record did so well that yeah. I didn't see it. Like I didn't see. It. I didn't miss it. Like that's how crazy that record did. Okay. 
And I'm pretty sure, you know, touring and shows and all that, you pretty Crazy. much. That's, a lot what of that. made me not miss. That's what made me not miss the 300,000 because I was all over the place. Remember, I was on tour. If you look at my albums, they always were two years apart. I came out with an album. Next album came two years later. Next album came two years later. And that's because I was out promoting and being on tour the first year in the States. Then after we finished, we jump on the plane. My tour bus would always take us to LaGuardia or JFK. We getting on the plane to go overseas for a year. So I'm not seeing America for another year because I'm about to go beat up overseas. So you telling me like, because I remember when, like I said, when Father's Day dropped and that's 90, but then your second yeah. project came out. That's that's a 92. So you was you was pretty much overseas in that, that, that entire year, 91 or 92? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy, man. So look, mm -hmm. I want to talk about the next uh single, man. Treat treat them like they want to be treated, man. This is another personal favorite. I know you. I know my first single. I wonder, you know, do you? I mean, the 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 first. I'm sorry, the first single. I wonder, do you get tired of just always? Hey, cause these songs are classic, brother. Like, I'm sorry, these songs are timeless, brother. Like, Thank I listen you. to Thank your music. I listen to your music, brother. As if it's 1990 right now. Like they still sound <laughs> Thank fresh. You. Not the singles, not just the singles. I'm talking about close to you. Like that album is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm gonna get, yeah. get into that. So I want to go to the first single. I apologize. I want to go back to the first single. Uh treat okay. them like they want to be treated. Now, tell me about that concept, man, and how did that come to be? Because you know, at that time, man, we had no idea who these guys that was on that track were going to become. But, you know, well, just tell me how, how, how that, you know, the making of that song. Right I had, I, 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 Andre, I had a, a hardcore album. It was called It's My Turn and I'm Back. And, you know, we were scheduled to shoot video and everything. And Dre was like, they invited me to dinner and everything. So I'm all excited. I'm, you know. Bob Celestin, Steve Lucas, um, Andre, Puff, and they like, yo, we don't feel this hip-hop hardcore album for you. And I'm like, what? I'm ready to drop the, the album to go. I'm ready to shoot video. And he said, nah, man. He said, listen, you back, and it's your turn. You back. From, and Bob Celestin was like, nigga, you back from where? Where are you back from? He said, do you want to have uh, Benz in, in the projects or would you rather have a mansion and have a Bentley? I was like, oh shit. It started making sense, start resonating. So no, no, they said, no. we are offering you this. Dre said, I'm gonna offer you this. If you listen to us and we're wrong, and we're wrong, we're gonna exercise our option and let you do the album your way. So you have another shot. Okay. But if you don't do it, our way. We're going to put this album out and if you don't make it, we're going to drop you. Straight up Ooh. like that. They said, you could go home and think about it. I said, ain't nothing to think about. Let's go. I'm going to go your way. I got on the train. I got on the Long Island Railroad going home really thinking like, damn. Okay. Damn. I seen these two crackheads, man. And this lady said, look like it was like New Jack City. She was like, you don't treat me the way I want to be treated. And that just stuck to me. And, and Dre was like, yo, we think you could become a star. That's all that was in my head. 
I get to the to the thing um to um the stop where Marky D lived at. And I'm like, you know what? And he lived near Green Acres Mall. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go to the mall. You talking about Marky D from the, the Fat Boys. From the Fat Boys. You know, I said, I'm gonna go to the mall. I go to the mall, I walk in the store, bow. Prince Marky D from the Fat Boys right there. And he's like, yo, what you doing? I'm like, man, I just left uptown. I'm I'm ahead. I had to go get clarity. I had to go see some chicks. I went to see some right, chicks. Right, right. You know, and and that, they had the little photo booth and everything. I said, let me just go and see what's going on. Yeah. I'm going in there and I see Mark and Mark's like, yo, we got the studio at the crib. Come on. And it was him and Corey. Corey was at the house. So I go to the house and I tell them my idea. Treat them like you want to be treated. I start humming the melody. Treat them like they want to be treated. You know, Corey was a vocalist too, you know. Corey starts singing, treat them like you want to be treated, you know. And it, the record was dope, making the music on the spot. I'm rhyming, I'm doing the records on the spot. Next thing you know, um, everybody loved it. And then we took it to Dre. And they we was recording it in, in a studio in the Bronx, a real studio in the Bronx. But Dre was like, look, I ain't paying for nothing. If y'all think that this could go and they said no no Dre we won't hold you if, if the record don't make the album we don't care we just want to record and let you hear it Dre was like alright cool and when we bought them treat them um, I'll do for you when we start bringing them records he was just like yo y'all wanted something and then Puff started getting involved with it next thing you know I'm in I'm in other studios doing stuff Jodeci they signed Jodeci. Jodeci comes up. We slapped Jodeci on Treatum. Record was gone. It was gone. Right. I'll never forget hearing the record. And I was just like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. It's, it's, that's all I could say. I couldn't say nothing <laughs> else. I heard the record. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. now you know, who's, who's, um, now, matter of fact, you know, because Jodeci came out like a year later in 91. Yeah. You know, now when you when you when they slapped Jodeci on that project, man, one of the things that always stood out to me, like watching a video, you, you know what I'm about to go to, man. You know what I'm about to say. Like, why is Devontae singing Casey's fault? What, what's all that about, man? Dude, because they it, we just had fun and they were a group. So we didn't care at that time. We just was like, he's part of the group. He ain't lying. You know, he the one who produced, right. you know. Jodeci's album, so you know they needed yeah. something to do in the video, you know. So, okay. hey, okay. that's like Dalvin. Uh, Dalvin, you know what I'm saying? Dalvin yeah. was singing too. Yeah. You know, the people who sung it was Jojo and KC, but right, they're right. in the group, and De Devontae was the mastermind, and Dalvin was part of the group. So it is what it is, right. you know. Right. I know you get tired of uh, you know answer that question, man. But I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be myself, man. No, you no, know no. if I didn't ask, if I didn't ask you that, man. I all I always wanted to know. But but with that being said, man, that that song is a monumental classic, man. Uh, you know, Thank not you. just as far as um, hip hop songs. You know, one thing I love about your music, man, and I think that's one of the things that's missing today is. And one thing, and this also goes to the genius of Andre Harrell, but yeah. you was able to create an hybrid of great hip hop mixed with R&B. Now, 
let's go back. You mentioned that you did a, a gangster, uh, you know, um, uh, a gangster rap album, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Right. A street album. Now, did any of those songs from that uh, that street album, Never did heard. they make it to Father's Day? And you kind of like twisted Never. them, you know. Never. No, no. scraped the whole thing. Scrapped it. Nothing. And that record, it's time to go prime. Yeah, that got me signed. The record that got me signed, yeah. the world never heard it. Never yeah. heard it. Never heard it. Yeah, I was I, I, I was just about to ask, man, because I'm damn sure going to uh, uh, try to look that up on YouTube. It never made it. It never YouTube. No, nobody got it. Never yeah. made it. Mm -mm. So where's all these songs? Where, where's the album? Trashed. Trashed. <laughs> it's somewhere in MPA's uh, universal vault, but it was trash, though. Yeah, Started yeah, from scratch. Yeah. So, okay, okay. So, look, you mentioned, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Puff was around this time, man. And, you know, a lot of people forget that Puff was at the, you know, the genesis of Uptown Records. He was just, um, uh, j just leaving uh, Howard University, man. So, what was Love it like, man, and, working with Puff? Or me. What was that experience like? We had we had a ball. We had a ball. Puff was the funniest character. He danced for me. We um we got into the video. Hold on, hold on, I, gotta I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you for a second. He's in one of the videos. Which video was that? Like let the, let the he's in both. He's in treat him like you want to be treated, dancing for me, and he's in I'll do for you right on the stage when I'm about to go up on the thing when I walk on the stage. That was my he, real band. Black suit. That was real he got the black suit. He got the black with the the that cap on, and he he taps me like, "Yo, I'm getting ready to go on." Yeah, yeah. Puff in there. Puff was my my to go to. Like everything, every every move we made, it was it was Diddy. It was Diddy. I'm the one who said when when Kurt Whitley was leaving Uptown to go to to go to um Columbia to A and R for Columbia. Right. Ray came to okay. me and said, yo, we got a problem, but we're going to work it out. And I'm like, yo, what's the problem? He said, yo, okay. um, we're going to put a hold on the project because we got to find a new a and I'm like, wow, we got to do that. I said, we got Puff. I said, Kirk be sleep anyway all the time in the studio. You know? And he said, you sure? I said, yeah. He, he looked at me and said, you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, Puff is the one that's up with me when we be banging out. Yeah. So, He's like, okay. And that's how Puff became my AR and took the project the rest of the way home. And I wasn't mad at that because to see Puff in the beginning, he was brilliant to me then, like he's now. But it's just that I seen the, the making of him becoming who he became. And people always like, yo, you know, they always want you to shit on Puff or whatever. No. I wanted to become Father MC. I was successful at that. I did that. Puff wanted to become who he is right now. He saw that vision then. I'll never forget. We was in D.C. at the uh, what was the arena? The Capitol Building or whatever, whatever Capitol arena. Cap Capitol Center. Capitol Center. My tour bus was parked out there, and he's playing Biggie. He wanted me to hear Biggie, and I'm like, "Oh, Puff, I got to get ready to go on the stage and, and destroy the building." He's like, "Just hear this yeah. real quick." He he played Biggie, and then he said to me, he said, I'm going to be able to give myself my own. I'm about to give me my own record deal. Watch and see. I'm going to. And that always stayed with me. 
that stayed with me. And he said, watch when I'm going to be able to give me a million dollar record deal. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. Wow. And I believed, him. I believed him. I believed him. And he talked. What was it? What, was, what made him special? What, what made him so special, well, man? You know, like I said, your interview, it, it, what it, I have to do. I got to talk about Puff, man. Listen, Puff work ethic was something that was that was so crazy because nobody was doing it then. Nobody was doing it then. Like you, you got you can't you gotta remember Puff was a young cat back then. And you had all of these old cats, like like I say, Kurt going to sleep in the studio. You know, no, no disrespect to Kurt Woolley, but we right. the new bread. And 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 Puff it saw is what it is. Look, let yeah. me tell you this. I say this all the time. Puff was around all of the greats, Clive Davis, Russell Simmons, Andre Harrell. He took bits and pieces from each of those men and put it together. He understood it and put it together. Like Uptown would be usually like, no, my man, cursing you, you know, you know, <laughs> Russell Simmons with the yoga, like, yo, I just think everything needs to be smooth. So you got the smooth, and then you got yeah. the uptown cursing out, then you got the club right, right, right. So you put all that shit together in a bag and became bad boy. Mm -hmm. Then when Andre, when Andre built the bomb, Andre built the bomb, I always say this, and threw it out the window. When I say throw it out the window, it was like fire puff. And the bomb fell. And everybody walking past the bomb, and here come Clive Davis. And he's like, what's this? He picks the bomb up. All he had to do was light it for it to blow up. And that's what Clive Davis did. And that's how I explained Puffy. That's what it was. Dre built the bomb, threw it out the window. You're fired. The bomb didn't go off. Clive Davis comes, oh, what's this? Picks it up, lights it, and it blows the fucking world up. And that's what happened. That's what happened. You know? So it's, it, it, you know, when I was, think back at that time, man, when I think back at that time and I, and, and I, and I look at what you have accomplished and what did, uh, you know, Sean uh, Puffy Combs accomplished, man, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me listening to you, it seems to me as if um, Puffy was the bridge to the older generation, to the new generation. And he yeah, saw he the vision. He saw, you know, and guys oh, like man. you, he was able to cultivate Puff had his 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 vision on what he wanted. He saw what he wanted. And the thing of it was, was Andre gave him that tunnel, that avenue to go do it, to explore. MCA was scared to death of Puff. MCA, Andre had to go to MCA and say, look, I, what I'm doing is winning. And I'm selling more records than y'all. I'm selling more records than the parent company. We the hottest thing. So yeah, they yeah. were like, Yo, yeah. Can't it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uptown at that no point, doubt. you got Gary Father Jodeci on tour. We the biggest things in the world. You know what I mean? I wasn't there with Uptown. Uptown, I came the second tier of Uptown. The first tier of Uptown was Guy, I'll be sure, Heavy D, Finesse Sinquist, Groovy Chill. Incredible roster. Damn, he said Groovy Chill. But when I came, now father is the one who got to keep yeah. these lights on. Because now I would just want to lose it and talk about that, man. Because I, 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 I watched the interview when you said, you know, you pretty much had to carry uptown on your back. I had to. 
And I took the chances. I took the risk. I don't care how good Jodeci sung. I don't care how good Mary J. Blige sung. Mary J. Blige had a record with Jeff Red on his album. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? She blew Didn't up. When, right. She, she blew up when Father said, come on, let's go. I'm carrying this load. And it was hard to carry that load because at the end of the day, if I messed up, that meant Jodeci was going to flop. That meant Mary was going to flop. And it was a mm. no. We could not do that. And we couldn't do it. It was work. We had a work ethic. You know, yeah, Jodeci's hot singing. Mary's hot singing. Father's a hot artist. But at the end of the day, after treat them like you want to be treated, I got a love came out. That didn't do that. Wasn't the yeah. record for Jodeci Forever My Lady. I, and I, told Dre, I told Dre, put out Forever My Lady. Because they, they, that got a love wasn't really the record for Jodeci at that point. Forever My Lady. You came talk to me. Come talk to me. You know what I mean? And that whole second, that whole second, second half of that, uh, no, the first the half of that album should have just been, should have they should have released those songs as singles all out the gate. But you know what? You know what's so crazy? It was like everything was so upbeat at that time. You can't blame them for throwing out Gotta Love. You get what I'm saying? We just thought anything we yeah, throw no, out no, on no, no. win. It's gonna win. And it didn't. Yeah. yeah. Ever yeah. my lady game and destroyed the fucking game. It destroyed. I went on, I'll never forget. I remember. I, I went on tour. I went to their tour, to Jodeci's tour, because I wanted to see what it was like. Because after they had spot dates, it was Father Mary and Jodeci about to go out. So I wanted okay. to see what Jodeci was working with on the road. And when I mm -hmm. went on that tour, man, and I went on, you know, yeah, it was Father MC Mania. But when I went on that, that road and I saw what Jodeci had, when I saw people falling out, literally faking all over <laughs> they had fire trucks they had ambulances it was like crazy i mean and saw yeah. girls and i was like this is some crazy shit you know i thought yeah. i'll be sure was doing it i thought i'll be sure was the new black elvis president you know yeah. like running yeah. around the corner and girls is chasing them. Fifteen thousand girls chasing them i remember one day yeah. al just was taking pictures i said al hug me Hug me, man. Hug me real quick. I bubble hug me. He's like, <laughs> he hugged me. Next thing you know, these girls, it was crazy, but that's how it went. Then, next thing you know, Jodeci. When I seen girls, literally, I'm like, this is what I got to look forward to on my tour. So I had to step my <laughs> game up, you know, but I had, yeah. I, I had girls fainting, but Jodeci had girls fainting. Like my guy, yeah, yeah. Jodeci, yeah, it was real. But then my stage show was so crazy that whoever came on had a problem with me. Talk about that, man. We got to talk about that stage show, man, because this when I, when a lot of people don't understand, there's a difference between someone who does music and someone who's an actual artist. When I think of Father MC, you was an artist, man. You. You encompass all of that, man, from the stage show. So talk about that, man. How did you go about putting that whole thing together? I'll never forget. Like, I'm just thinking, you know, okay, I got a hit record. So I'm going to go on stage rap, and I'm going to go and get the bag, and that, that be that. No. Uptown MCA was like, no money. You going in rehearsal, 
five days a week, eight hours. And, and we're paying your dancers and you, but you're paying it all back. So my dancers is getting paid. They're getting <laughs> I'm paying all of this. And at the end of the day, but it worked. Then we got Rosie Perez. They brought Rosie Perez in to 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 choreograph us. You know, it was it was some stuff because not only with Jodeci and Mary, I was going on tour. I was out with Salt and Pepper, High Five, Troop, Candyman, Tony, Tony, Tony. I was yeah. out with EPMD, Father MC, DJ Quick of Chub Rock. I was out on tours. I was out. So yeah, we was yeah. going. Ask Eric Sermon. This is crazy. I never forget. We was at Jack the Rapper, right? Eric just was up in, uh, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, we at the Marriott. So I see Eric Sermon, and I know my baby mom star knew his baby moms. So I'm like, I ain't know Eric at the time, right? But I just saw this cat. He up there on the, the thing in, in 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 the Marriott had the elevator where you could see through the elevator, a see through elevator. So I just see this guy, and Eric Sermon, just looking at me like this. And seeing the way I'm moving, because it was so many women, he's seeing the way I'm moving with these chicks, right? I never forget. I get back home, and me and Eric, we met at Jack the Rapper, and we we became cool, hanging out. And I get a call from Mark Cheatham. I, 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 I would want to ask about those days, man, because that's the freak Nick era too, man. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. But I get a call. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I see him, my booking agent, Mark Siegel and Mark Cheetah. And they saying, yo, we got this tour. You want to go on it? They want you to, They want you on this tour. So I said, Who's, what's the lineup? They said, Eric Sermon, EP, I mean, EPMD, Chub Rock, DJ Quick. You know, they just ran it down. Candyman. They ran it down. And I was like, I'll go get the bag. You know, it was, you know, I, I said, let's go. I get it. Man, yeah. I get on. And it was a straight hip hop hardcore tour, right? So I asked Eric in past, I said, yo, yo, why y'all put me on this tour, man? And they said, Father, you bringing the chicks out. You bringing the women out. Every, every <laughs> and they made sure I was the one to get paid. They made sure that. Yeah. It was like, it was a tour, like when Father came, I'm not even, you know, on me like that. But when I came in, Every keep city. It a keep it a beat. We come on. We know what it is. We know the history. The we girls, know keep it a beat. The fingernail, the fingernail parlors and the malls with the nails and the toes was getting done. All women. It was always sold out. It was like women came to the show for father. So they kept me on the bill because I bought the women. And and I wasn't mad at all. At the, Al Heyman, it was an Al Heyman show. Sparkle was the, you know, the, in charge of it on the show, on the tour. We just had a blast, man. And after that, I had to leave the tour. Because, I had to leave the tour because the Jodeci tour was starting and I had to get ready for that. And that was, a, no, the tour actually was ending. The EPMD tour was ending. That's right. And I had to collide into the EPM, I mean, the Jodeci tour. And mm. it, the first show with the Jodeci, I made it hard for people, brother. We made my team. We made all of the rehearsing, and then I'm on tour. I'm on tour, practicing, ready, getting ready for this Jodeci tour. So I'm make I'm just like doing stuff on the tour to see if it works, because I know I'm about to go out. See that tour with EPMD was a little arena tour. Jodeci tour was the stadium tour. That was the fifty thousand. 
5,000. Yeah, I'm going from five, 10,000 seaters with EPMD to five, 50,000 arenas. I'm like, I'm just trying stuff, trying different, see what it worked, you know, what was good. So when we got to the Jodeci tour, it was a problem because I was ready. I was ready. My team was ready. We knew how many seconds the change, the, the clothes changing. You know, I had people working for me, taking my clothes off, putting on my, taking my pants off in my, in my shirt while they form, while my DJs doing like commission and they saw, and I had my two dancers. So they getting their stuff yeah. the same way. We had wardrobe people. It was a whole different life on the Jodeci. And then, you know, you got to get back on and get ready to walk back on coolness and be who you are. And um, I'll never forget, man, when we, man, we used to destroy, we used to destroy the tours. We never had a problem. We we never, we did it so good. I remember when we hit home, Madison Square Garden, it was a um, Friday and Saturday show. And we did it so hard that we always oh, would, it was, Mary and Jodeci, and they had little Sean on before us, and some other acts before Sean. So when it came to me, Jodeci went. That's when I had got the management, Steve Lucas, but um, Frank DeLeo, that's Michael Jackson's manager. He came for me. He he came. So him and Steve Lucas did a joint venture. Now I got Michael Jackson's camp with me. That's managing me as well as Steve Lucas. So like I say. It anted up. It got even bigger. So I remember we we doing it, and next thing you know, I'll never forget. Um, Mariah Carey came to my show at the Garden, and the first time I ever met Mariah Carey and Corey standing right there and introduced me to Mariah Carey. That was her first hip hop tour, she said, and um, we went on. And all I can say is I made it hard for people, man, because it was so hard to follow. Jodeci the next day, went, <laughs> I know that's Jodeci right. Jodeci went back to Steve Lucas, our manager, and Frank DeLeo, and said, "Yo, can y'all put Father on in in back of us, like right in front of us?" Because Father, I kept the crowd going. <laughs> I, had, I had those records that was like, bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah, bah. Mary had those yeah, records. Yeah. But then she do that love stuff, and it'll bring the crowd down. Yeah. Bring, the it up, bring it down. Tour, yeah. The object on tour is to keep them to keep the crowd like, yeah. like, yeah. So when Jodeci time to come on, you know the people want to see you, but they restless because I didn't had them up here. Jerry <laughs> had them up here, and then they bring them down. Yeah. Now here comes Jodeci wanting to come out and want that excitement. But the people was damn like they like, <sighs> like they still amp, but they like. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Jodeci, y'all worked them up. Y'all got. <laughs> and then it became yeah, that's crazy. So my management came to me and I said, "Yo, man, I'm comfortable where I'm at in my position." And I, I said, I, "That's when I tried it. I tested, and I said, well, it's gonna cost like thirty grand more to what I'm making if y'all want me to switch my position because I'm cool. Okay. Contractually, I'm staying where I'm supposed yeah. to stay." Yeah, you're, and, you're not obligated to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm cool in my position. And it worked when I yeah. tried it, it worked. And I tried it like I would have yeah. went, I would have went on, but when that it was so time constraint, the time constraint was like, we need to know, we need to know, we need, you know. 
I was like, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. we will do it. Okay. Hey, my road manager went, got the bag. We going on right in front of and Jodeci. No doubt. And, and we, man, I mean, man. <laughs> y'all was giving Joe, y'all, you, you, you'd say it was giving Jodeci that work, huh? We gave everybody. Jeez, <laughs> we destroyed everyone. We was, man, yeah. man, it was so good. See, you it know was, what the weird thing, you know the funny thing? Let me say this. It seemed like as, and this is no disrespect, but I'm going to just keep it real because I'm a music guy and I, I'm old enough to vividly remember that time. And it seemed like as, as Kane was kind of dwindling down, so it seemed like you slipped right into that spot. Now, right. correct me if I'm wrong, man, because that album that he did that had the Barry White single, you know, which I, I like that. I might ain't gonna lie, I like that project, but it seemed like when you dropped yours, man, it seemed like yo, you took that spot, brother. So did you realize like the shoes that you was filling and was there yeah, any pushback from Definitely. Was there anything pushback? Let's keep it real, man. Because you because you took it to another level. Like Kane, Kane was nice. Kane was nice and I, he's a legend. I, but brother, I, I Kane. But brother, like, you took it Kane, to another, you took it, you took it to another level. When Kane was there, when I was working on my album, every studio in the world, everywhere I went had that Kane um poster with him with the females, you know, and it was um the two the two, the two, the two yeah. yeah. It was that, and I'm so yeah. small, and I was like, "Damn, that record is crazy!" And then next thing yeah. you know, but that two different types of records, and like I understood, like Kane oh, wow. had them records like that was just that, Puh. and I had that them records that was like that. Come on, let's go. So, but me and Kane, we always respected each other, man, and 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 I remember, you know, I used to look up to Kane because he was there before me and he was doing it. So. We both was dark skin, you know, but to me, I think we had our styles were so indifferent that I don't think we bumped heads at all because where he was going, when he was going with his album, you know, and where I was going with mine, we, we, we definitely were setting like me and Kane did shows. I remember we did shows in, um, in, um, a lot of places, man. But I remember in Raleigh, we was doing sweet dead shows because my boy he he was locked up and we did a show to get him you know his bail money to 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 get out because the feds had him and um Kane knew him too we did it and we I think we did it for free and give all the the money that y'all make at the door for his bail oh that's what's up that's love right there that's yeah what's up. So we did that and that was the show of life man for them see big daddy mm-hmm. on the same bill we talking this ninety one. 9293 Raleigh North Carolina you know we did it and and you know these were street dudes too so when we got out there the, you know we got out there these cats had the dealership whatever car we wanted to drive for while we was there they had the dealership we go pick and that's yeah. when I think Infinities came out and we went all my whole crew not just for me the whole team yeah. the whole team for everybody they they did us so lovely man it was crazy man and um but it was but never that, no beef there was never no never no never strike no man because i always wanted to know they that yeah they had the dirt bikes for us they took us we riding and 
they had everything so on point and they knew we was just giving all the dough to bug and these were his peoples i i think these cats spent so much money on taking care of us and making sure we were good then I'm like, damn, y'all could have put all this money into the books too. But they made sure we were so right, man. And that night, I'll never forget when we walked into that arena, that little place where we, the whole parking lot was to the highway, dude. And I was like, damn, these people came out, you know, for Bug. And it was just a good feeling and representation. And, and we destroyed that building, man. It was so crazy, man. And that mm. was the thing. When you go on tour, to, to actually, when I walked into New York, man, and I walked in Madison Square Garden, and I saw that place sold out, it was like, I'm here, man. I did it. I did it. So, Yo, you, oh, whoa, whoa. You sold out Madison Square Garden? Yeah, every time. That's crazy. Every time. That's every crazy. album. Every album we did, I did, we hit Madison Square Garden on every album. Every album, I hit it, okay. and it sold out every time. Oh, look, let me... Let me let me let me let me say this. Let me say this. And I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if you, you 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 heard me while you was talking, but I wanted to always ask you this and you basically confirm it because a lot of us, you know, I don't know about it abroad, but here in D.C., we always thought you and Kane, like being a young kid, man, and you guys were like megastars to us. And we always thought you and Kane had beef, man. Like it was just rumors, man, that, you know, you and Kane. It was you know conflict, what? man. So again, for the record, for the record, clear. Let's make it clear. Never, I never heard that. I never heard that. Like me and Kane, I'd never heard that. Yeah, yeah. The most I think I've heard was like you and Kane should do a That's record crazy. together. You know, but I never heard like me and Kane any discrepancies. Yeah. And mm -mm, I never heard that. But you know, that's, that's just why they the, call it rumors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but nah, nah, me and Kane never had, nah, me and That's Kane was just cool. And I still was a fan, you got to understand, I still was a fan of Kane when I was yeah. father. Because this is the guy that uh -huh. here I am, R-A-W. I'm like, whoo, oh my God. I remember working at K KFC, listening to this dude like, oh my God, what the hell? You yeah, know, yeah. it's no way. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. To be mad at this dude, it's no way he to me was the rap god. To be honest, like it was like damn, like, like so. Wait, so like, let's, let's take it back. When I when I went on tour, so so you gotta understand, mm -hmm. I had pictures and posters of everybody I was on tour with. I had them in my room the year before I made it. So I had posters of Salt and Pepper. I have posters of Eric Sermon, EPMD. I have posters of Big Daddy Kane. These are dudes I have posters, Public Enemy, LL. I'm on shows with these cats now. Touching right, them. Right. I can touch them. I don't have to wait for the record to come on. I could just walk down the hall in the hotel room and see some of these cats. Some, you know, special ed, Chubbs. And it was crazy. Uh -huh. It was crazy. We was at the awards. I was at the Grammys. I got nominated. And um, I walk in the Shrine Theater. And my dancer, Tricky, he's like, mm. like, we walk in, and he's like, your father. And I'm like, what? He says, look up. Just look up. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, look up. I look up, man, and the whole balcony of people screaming. And he's like, wave your hand. Wave your hand. I didn't know what to do at the time. Because I'm like bugging out. Like, 
me. And I did like this. And next, yeah. you know, it was crazy. So it was different times when I knew I was here. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. to me, oh, it was like, to me, I never, I never forget the time we came off tour and we are getting ready to go to Madison Square Garden, right? So Madison Square Garden got my name in lights. Big, Father MC, Jodeci, Mayor, mm. Lil Sean. And um, and now you, the head, you the headliner. You the headliner. No, Jodeci was the headliner. Jodeci was the headliner. Oh. But, okay. but Father MC, when and I stood, everybody, they going home. They going, I then bought my mom's a house in Long Island. So I'm not going two hours and then coming back two hours for, for the hold show. up, say that again. Say that one more time for the fans, man. You did what? what? I bought my mom's a home, a house. I bought a house in That's Long good, Island, brother. And so you I only two in years in the game. You only well, yeah, I, I, bought that on, I, bought I bought the house on a single. On a single. The album wasn't even out. I bought my mom's a house on a single. That's how crazy treat them like you want to be treated was, man. When That's I tell crazy. you. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah continue. Continue. I'm watching. We coming off tour in Madison Square Garden was our first stop coming back before we, our last stop, mm -hmm. pardon me, our last stop before we go overseas. We had two shows. Okay. And when the tour bus hit Manhattan, it was Jodeci's tour bus, Mary's, mine. And next thing you know, I'm like, everybody's going home. They got limos and shit, like picking them up from, it, it dropped us off in front of MCA records. That was the neutral spot for all of us. So okay. I'll never forget, I go to Madison Square Garden and I'm just outside looking at Madison, nobody garden or nothing at this point. I'm outside yeah. looking at, man, I went to that hotel across the street and checked in and checked in to the hotel. I forget the name, name of it. But um, it's still there. And I went and got a massage. Went, I just wanted to do me. I didn't want none of the celebrity treatment or nothing. These yeah, Chinese yeah, yeah. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know, yeah. you know. The streets knew because everybody was like, oh shit, blah, blah, blah. but I just was on some give me a hat, glasses, and I'm I'm cool. And I looked at Madison Square Garden and I walked in. I'll never forget. I, I remember I walked in for sound check and I'm like, oh shit, I'm here, man. You know, the accomplishment, the achievement was like, I did this damn thing. Right. You know, it, I hit did. <laughs> it hit me like, I'm about to tear this fucking building down. I'm about to bring this fucking building Tell down. Me about the lights, man. Let's go back to that part, man. Go back to the part you was, you was talking about you looking at the lights. Start from there. So I'm looking at, okay. I'm looking at the lights at Madison Square Garden and I'm I'm just like so fucked up, like a mental fuck up. Like you did this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um man, I never forget I went and got me a massage and I walked across the street to Madison Square Garden and everybody was there for sound check. And I'm just looking at the building, I'm looking at the room, and I'm saying to myself, in like five or six hours, I'm about to destroy this motherfucking building. That's <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> going through my head, and um, you know, like wow, I did this shit. Like I remember, my brother took me there when I was a kid to see Andre Harrell, um, yeah. Doctor 
Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, LL Cool J, yeah. all of them. He took me there. And I always said, I'm going to be on that stage, man. So when it was my time, and then, oh, my God, let me tell you this. So my 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 record um, backdrop came. I've never seen my backdrop through the whole tour. And it finally hit there. Hold on, hold on. You, you talk about Hold on, hold on. You talk about the album cover. The album cover. Which was like yo talk talk about the album before you before you get to that talk about that album cover man because I know niggas was hating man I know you always thought always thought that was a fly ass album cover man but I know niggas was hating man niggas hated it niggas hated it and then <laughs> but especially when we got to Madison Square Garden right and I even thought go to see Mary everybody was looking at it like oh shit they got all of these like effects and niggas damn near talking <laughs> in the air and shit. I come get home and they said, like, Steve Lucas asked me, like, well, do you still want it? Because we could have it at the Madison Square Garden. Because I'm going kind of a little off on niggas. I'm like, yo, Josie got all of this stuff. Mary got all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> I still was destroying niggas, though. But at the end of the yeah. day, so when that shit hit Madison Square Garden and I'm walking into the garden and I'm seeing my album cover, like 50, just imagine, no exaggeration. 50 of a movie theater and that's for the it drops down and Ooh. i'm not i walked out on the stage my first show at the garden and i turned around i fucked the crowd at that point i'm looking at <laughs> and i'm looking at it like oh shit oh, okay and then i looked at the crowd and i said we it's time to do this and it went on yeah, and yeah. Hell yeah, man. So, hey, that's that's amazing, man. So look, let's move on, man. We got, we spent a lot of time on that project, man, but this is my shit right here, the one that followed that. I'm sorry, man. That Father's Day is the shit. But this one right <laughs> here, man. This one right here, that Close to You album. I'm going to be honest. That's my favorite Father MC project. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my favorite shit, man. So tell me what led up to this project and you know the direction because it seemed like you you went another you, you you took it a step further man with the father the father mc whole this whole persona man this whole this whole image the whole the everything man the whole energy man you took well, it to it, another it level man it was definitely a different energy um it was more personal the second album i was in for rockaway and these cats i went to school with you know okay you know, they walking ahead of me. And of course, I'm hearing everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And they like they said, um, yo, well, this is a sophomore album. And they say people flop on it. Let's see what he do. I don't think he's gonna be able to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at these niggas, I'm gonna get my ear cut, like, all right, whatever, nigga. Enjoy your hate, yeah. whatever. But yeah, it, yeah. It, shit stuck with me. So it stuck with me. And then, you know, um we we was doing Puffy was doing the um basketball game, you know, and my fiance, she was pregnant by me, Sonia. Sonia, God bless her. Sonia was pregnant. And she's the one, one of the the ones that passed away in the mm. in the that's why it's called Close to You. I just want to get close to you. That's when I went and got intro to sing. Kenny, and, uh, Kenny, Kenny Green. Kenny Green. Yeah, I got Kenny Rest to sing. Kenny. Yeah, God Rest bless. Um yeah, she passed away, and um, I just knew that was on my mind consecutively. Like it was just like, wow, I'm I'm in the midst of working on a new album, 
yeah, yeah. And I had to get new energy. And my managers, um, Frank DeLeo, Steve Lucas, I never forget they calling me like, yo, do you need to take a trip somewhere? Like MCA want to send you wherever you want to go, to Hawaii, Egypt, wherever. And I was mm-hmm. like, nah, don't run from this, man. It's time to work. It's time to work. It took me like around three months to just, you know, I just want just to chill for a minute. And then I went to him and said, I'm ready. And when I said I'm ready, they were so, I'll never forget, they were so happy. And they were so happy, man. And then I did um, I did Close to You in the middle of the album. Because I went, I did, um, I did Affection. I got Dave Hall. You know, all I want is affection. I did that. And then, that I just, thank you. Then Corey and them did the Red Lace Lingerie. Then I hit Eddie F. We did the um Who do that ladies love? Who does that? That's my shit. That ladies love him. Ladies love him? Yeah, Mark and Corey. Mark and Corey, they did that. And um, ladies, I love them. They did my body. Shit, man. You know, that album, man, I swear everything's gonna be all right, too. Everything's gonna be all right. That was was the lead-off single right there. So you got you got Joe one night stand was the lead off. One night, okay, okay. One night stand, and that record just took record fire. that record took fire so hard. I mean, I mean, man, I don't know. We was affection was supposed to be the single, but um, we Andre got the video crew. We flew up to yeah. to L.A. out here. I went to the office, and I never forget. Dre was sitting in the office, and um, he's looking at the mountains and shit. So I said, "Yo, you all right? What's up?" And he was like, yeah, man. He's like, yo, I think we fucked up. That's what you mean? He's like, um, I'm sending everybody back home. I'm like, oh, shit, what now? He's like, yeah. affection's not the record. We're going to do one night stand. I, I could have like, told you that. Yeah, he said, <laughs> I said, you serious? No, but listen, he got the whole video crew, the extras. The no, I'm just saying, after li- like, listen to the whole album. I love that song, but one night stand is that's. When that's I said, the one. That's, oh my God. That's the one. When that's he the did one. that, that was a beautiful decision because, whoo, yeah. one night yeah. stand was like, I'm in Japan. Yeah. Um, one night stand was some other shit. That was just some other. <laughs> that was my album, out of my records I've done, that's my favorite record to this day, one night stand. To this day. Yeah. That's that's my, that's yeah. That's easily in my in my top five, man. I'm, I'm off that album. My favorite, my favorite joint is that everything's gonna be all right, man. I love, I love that Everybody one, man. Say that. Everybody, yo, say because that. Yo, my, it takes you back, man. Like you, you was there, man. Like you, you lived in the moment. But me as a as a young kid, as a fan, it just takes me back to that time, man. Of you know, I don't think you know this, man. I don't know if you realize this. I don't know uh, in, in any other interviews have anybody ever told you this, but you are this hybrid, man. You, you, you was the only, you was this hybrid artist, man, that was just respected by niggas in the hood and, and the ladies, man. Like you was able to put that shit together and you was respected by both sides. You I don't know. think no other artist that like, I can't you think of maybe, it may, maybe LL, maybe LL. You but, know, but you, you, know, but, but you did it to the ladies though, yo. like you made that shit. Cool, man. You made that shit cool to be a fly young nigga, man. Like I always, I don't know if you get the credit for that shit, man. Because 
we haven't seen nothing like that be- uh, before, man. I, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm gonna just nah, keep it a beat. I'm gonna keep LA, it a We came. We we did a show. Our tour. Me, Joe, see Mary. Our tour. We did it out here in L.A. And um, yeah. MCA had like they had a big after party, but mm-hmm. we had to also go to the hood to go and do a song each. Nobody went and they came to me and they said, yo, man, we, you know, MCA said, yo, we in trouble because, you know, this is one of the radio station. They got everybody yeah. out there and niggas was like, man, niggas was like, man, fuck that. I'm, I'm with the chicks. The, everybody got champagne. You had to go to the hood in Inglewood. And I, oh, you know, shit. I, I told my team, I said, let's go, man. Let's go. Dude, we got to this place. Dude, they had where you had to perform. Like with some real shit, like estate. <laughs> so if they throw bottles at you, you don't get hit. That's what we had to perform at. But those people in the hood respected our gangster so what much. I'm saying, New York I, I, I want the audience to know that. I want them to know that. We went in the trenches, man, and we always we we did it because at the end of the day, like they always, you gotta understand, man, where I was from and and the shit I was doing before father. I was there, so I, I was out there. You know what I mean? So right. it wasn't different to me. It's just a different mentality of a different space I was in. But I understood where these brothers and sisters was at and how they was trying to get down and how they was trying to eat. So for me, for me, it just sense to go and show the love, man, and say what it is, man. I want to touch the people. I always told the. They always said to me. Um, yo, we're going to go to the in-stores, but then we're going to go to the retailers and, and shake hands with the people that's, you know, putting the CD in the cover, you know? Gotcha. And, and I was like, let's go. Where other artists never wanted to do that. But I, I was like, let's go get it. Because I knew what it was and I knew the importance of it. Just to go and say thank you for, for y'all doing what y'all do. Even though y'all getting paid for it, thank you. You know what I mean? And a lot of cats didn't do that and see fit. You ain't have to, you know, I kept lights on. And when I say I kept lights on them buildings, I was doing shit that niggas was like, man, I'm, I got my hit record and I'm going to go party and eat some caviar. I'm good. <laughs> Let's go to the hood. They used to get so mad at me, the reps at MCA. MCA used to treat me like royalty, right? And I used to get, I used to come out here. And they come get me and have me in Rolls Royces and all that shit. I was like, man, come on, man, get me in a, uh, get me in a regular car, and I'm cool. And they was like, no, you. I remember they told me you got to realize who you're becoming and who you are. I'm like, all right. And then they'll say, all right, we go into this fancy place to eat. And I'd be like, man, I want some soul food. I want some soul food. Find me the nearest soul. I don't care about none of this extravagant, exquisite shit. Stuff that I don't see on the plate that I ain't knowing what I'm eating. I'm hungry, money. Now I want me yeah, some. I know that's right. <laughs> black nigga, like, give me. Come on, let's go. Let's go to the hood. And they used to be like, oh, you got all the way to Inglewood. Inglewood, here we come. Here we go, Here we go. At the end of the day, and them people used to love for me to come because they used to say like artists really wouldn't show love. Cause you know we all in in the hills and on sunset, you know you you used to that life and you could get used to that life too. It's a good life though. Don't get it. Don't get me twisted. But no, no, no doubt. Now where was you living at around this time? You know, I know you was on the road and you were traveling a lot. Where were you living? In New York, but 
I was in Queens, but I bought my mom's house in Long Island. So at the end of the day, I'm still I'm still used to like every time I get off tour, me and my dudes will go to, to Jamaica and go Jamaica Avenue in New York and we go to the fish spot in the hood. You get what I'm saying? Father MC and we in the hood. No, I was just about to say, oh, oh, as Father MC? As Father MC in the hood. <laughs> That's New crazy. York was always my step, my stomping ground because that's where I'm from. And everybody thought I was from up from Brooklyn, born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens. But everybody thought I was from uptown because the way I used to move, I used to always be in Harlem. I always was in Harlem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was everywhere in New York. Like I was just the mover. I was getting down in New York. That's why, you know, it's like you gotta represent where you're from and and, and where you and you know, but you grow, you grow. Right, I, you know, as I do, as I, as I, you know, done my research, man. I ne and even like I said, I remember that time vividly. I never remember anybody being in. I never remember you being involved in any type of beef. You know what I'm no. saying? Like for you to be, you know, because let's keep it real, man. A lot of times when you got an artist with that's beloved by the ladies, there's always some type of hate, man, and some type of you know what I'm saying. But I just don't remember. I don't remember that, man. So you being Father MC and being in the moment, living living that shit. Was there any like pushback or hate or whatever, man, from 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 niggas in the streets or whatever? Because I, I I don't rem I don't remember it. I don't. It's always gonna be some hate. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, my slogan was this, man: like, yo, we we don't want to beef with you, but you definitely don't want to beef with us. You get what I'm saying? I'm not beefing up, guy. I, I I don't like like I don't like when cats like. Like get rah 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 rah, because at the end of the day, if you take all that rah away and take all of that from you in front of your team, and it's let's go in the elevator and let's come down. That's all. That's all. It's like you're not gonna disrespect me. I'm not gonna disrespect you, but you definitely not gonna disrespect me. And if you do, when I catch you, it's gonna be something different. It's gonna be funny. I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a thug. I'm not a hood. But I'm not a yeah. pussy, and you're not no, gonna not. do that. You're just not gonna that. At the end nah. of the day, it's not gonna happen because shit can get done. Trust me. No, man. No, I know. I know that's right, man. So look, um, back to that project, man. That next to you project, it seemed like that now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it, man. Hey, I already yeah. know what it is, man. Like you, yeah. you got to I, I get it, man. So, so look. That next to you project, man. It seemed like now. Correct me if I'm wrong. It seemed like, you know, did did he did did Puff did he have was that was was that more did he have more like a hands on approach on that project? Because it sounded like the sound changed, okay. but to me it sound like it changed in a good way. Because again, that's my favorite project. Well, so talk to me about that. No, no. Puff was so destroyed. He was so hurt because he introduced me to Sonia. That was his girl, his baby mother, Misa. That was her best friend. So okay. when Puff, funny, quick story, we was in D.C. at Howard and I had to do, you know, Howard, you know, and Puff was there. Me and Puff was in the same room and Puff asked me, he said, yo, father, he's like, he in New York at this time. We're in New York. And he says, your father, listen, my girl's coming, but she's coming with her girl and I, I want some time with Misa. You know what I mean? He's like, so could you just please with her girlfriend? I'm like, all right, whatever. All right. Man, I ain't never seen Sonya a day in my life, right? Yeah. I go downstairs. We in the hotel. I go downstairs. 
I see Misa. So I hug Misa. Yo, what's up, Misa? She's like, okay, I did not know Sonia. I walk, I see Sonia. I'm like, I don't now, mind you, I don't know this girl. It's Misa's girl. So I see her, I get her number. I run back upstairs to Puff. I'm like, nigga, bets off. I just met this chick money. Bet off. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, right? Misa, they knock on the door. Yeah. I'm just like this, Puff. I'll meet the chick, but I sit. That's all. Yeah, Misa yeah. knocks on the door, and I open the door. I walk into the bathroom. As I open the door, I'm walking into the bathroom. I come out, and I see Sonia and Misa in our room. I'm like, I said, oh, shit. I'm like trying to tell Puff, like, Puff, this is the girl I met downstairs I was telling you about. And he was so happy. And you talk about just at first sight. You know I was just about to say that. Yeah. It yeah. Was first sight, yeah. it was like crazy, man. And um, it was crazy. It was crazy. I took her to Japan with me. Everything. Everything. Mm. Like, we mm. going, going to, come on, we're going to Japan. It was crazy. Her brother, Sonny, everybody, you know, his sister. Being, being, okay, so talk. tell me about, talk to me about this, man, because, again, you know, outside looking in, man, I vividly, again, I'm, I'm going to say it again, sound like a broken record, I know, but I vividly remember that time, and here in D.C., brother, you was like a god here, man, yeah. and the, well, the girls, and, yo, they used to go crazy about you. Like when I drop this video, man, my phone is about to be blowing up, man, because like I said, man, so the reason why I bring that up, man, so you settled down, man, you met this love of your life, man, and you settled down. What was it, man, about her and what, you know, the contrast from the road and finding this 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 special woman, man, what made you realize, man, you know, all this shit ain't, it ain't what a lot of people think it is, man. I'm ready to you go ahead and, you know. And I just want you and I always say this. Um, she understood the game. She understood I had the that persona, that father. You know, before I yeah. met her, father MC, women, ladies, men, sex yeah. So she understood that walking in, and I wasn't disrespectful. She understood that was a part of the game. Mm. I have to explain the. You know, I gotta explain like, yo, it's 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 just what it is. This is who I was before you. You get what I'm saying? I wasn't respectful. And once once she understood that, that made me in my head like it ain't nothing out here I really I, I need because I don't have to explain who I am. And I gotta be somebody and keep explaining to you, yo, I'm not that dude. But when you explain man explains and, and gotta explain it to a woman, it makes a man not wanna go and do it, but it makes a man wanna get, I don't have to go through this. You get what I'm saying? I this who, who, this is who I was. You just seeing me because you seeing me, of, of of like you seeing me and you can't take it. You and and I don't blame women that get caught up in relationships like this. They just not built for it. Everybody could say if it was me, I could do it, but you ain't there and it really happens. You know what you you know women is gonna say stuff to you. Every women say stuff to me every day, all the time on Instagram and DMs, and and, yeah. and you got to be strong for this game. You got to be strong yeah. just because I'm not physically out with a record. I'm bigger than some of these artists that's doing platinum right now yeah. without no record out. I live. Yo, let's, let's let's keep it a, let's keep it a bean, uh, 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 Father MC. 
A lot of these these guys that's popping right now, they'll never see some of the shit that you did. They'll yeah. never see some of the the have the have the type of records that you have that you had. Like that's just that's just what it is, man. Because as big as they might think they are, brother, you can't erase history, and that's where my podcast. That's what I do. My my, my platform is called Bridging the Generation, man. I want to preserve greatness, man. And in my world, brother, you a legend, and you can't that, take a, you, you know, can't take it away. You can't take it away. It was written, and that's it. You know, with Andre and Puffy and and MCA and Bad Boy thing was to me. They wanted to create superstars. They wanted Andre and Puff wanted their artists to be known household names across the world, not around the block. Right. So that's what Andre and them concentrated on. And that's where Puff took the 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 know-how and kept it going. Like he made Biggie the most world dude ever. He made Craig Mack, they puff. If you learn, if you look at it like Bad Boy, I, I paid attention to Bad Boy structure. Like their records were just incredible. And when he had records that was just phenomenal, he had those phenomenal records. Look at Whoa, Black Rob. Mm -hmm. Look at Craig Mack, Flavor in Your Ear. Look at Juicy. Look at Who Shot You. Look at, look at Total. Look at Faith Evan. I mean, you're talking about brother who knows how to make records. But do you think? But do you think? You know, after you know, twenty twenty hindsight, as we look at you know all the Puff Daddy, Sean Combs that accomplished with the Bad Boy, his Bad Boy imprint. Does it? Do you think he got that from Andre? Because it, yes. you know, if you look yes. at the way Uptown yes. was yes. built, yes, like I said, he, like I said, he he was molded by the best, Russell Simmons, yeah. uh, Bob Davis, and and all of them, like shit. He was molded by them, and he yeah. did it the hardest way. He took bits and pieces of all of them and put it together, and that's what gave him the bad boy baby. Like people right. don't realize, Notorious B.I.G. was an uptown artist. People, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Dude. Realize that that came, that came from. You get what I'm saying? And all, and Puppy would always be uptown. He won't be bad boy to me. He will be uptown. Mm -hmm. And Bad Boy is a part of his thing. But mm. when I speak about Puff, I speak about Bad, I mean Uptown, because that's who I was affiliate with when he was there. Right. Can I jump on a Bad Boy tour? Easy. 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 Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the. So, what is some of the. I, I wanted to ask, not to um, cut you off, but I wanted to ask you this. You know, so what is some of the similarities between. Um, Sean Combs and Andre Harrell, and what are some of the, the the differences that you that you notice being around both artists, both guys, Nothing. both guys? Nothing. Everything's the same. It's just a different. It's a different day. The new swag is is Puff. Puff dresses his way for the new generation. Andre mm -hmm. was a little more conservative, but still the same swag, same swag, same swag. As far as this generation is a little bit more money out there. It's more lucrative than it was back in the day, which everything is. You think is. so? You, you think yeah. so? Why, why do you, why do you, you say retire, that? You can retire off of one single right now with the way the world is going and the way the game has changed. These artists can, yo, I'm going to go grab 15 million and call it a day where you mm. couldn't back then. But also, 
when the temptations were out, they couldn't do what I was doing. You get what I'm saying? And I can't do what these guys are doing right now. The bag is gotten a million. You get a million dollars back. Then you like, yeah, you the dude. Right now, a million dollars ain't nothing for these new cats. I'm going to go snatch this mill real quick and be easy. Yeah. That's easy. That's why it's yeah. called the Billionaires Boys Club, and that's where I'm headed to. You know, I know that's right. How you think you would fare into in, in, in today's uh you know internet social media world, man? You know, because it's a whole new ball game from, from 1990, 91, and the way uh music is uh put out and promoted, and you know, how you think you would fare, man? Because I, I you needed the you needed the record company. Right now, all you need is it. a marketing team. You need okay. a marketing team and your team, your team, if they don't move like you. You might as well do it all yourself. Your team got to move like you and think like you. Like knowing that, yo, this dude ain't going to go for that when I bring that to him. But they have to do, you get a marketing team that markets you consecutively, you're going to be big nowadays. You're going to. Now, do you think like with all the, you know, like a lot of times, man, people say, you know, today that, you know, before I ask this question, do you, would you consider Andre Harrell as a gatekeeper? Yes. Now, being that you at now, now hold on. The reason why I ask that because as I listen to a lot of the music today, because there's a there's a a lot of music that is released today, just so so much. It's a it's almost as oversaturated. Do you feel like maybe today having a gatekeeper may not be a bad thing? Well, let me let me let me define. Break it down. Let me define. Okay. Being a, a gatekeeper, a gatekeeper is a man who has a vision and knowing what he's wanting to create, and he's not mm. wanting to create someone that sounds the same and it's gonna mock each other and have a a, a house full of the same type of material. Every mm. artist that they had had their own thing. We That's all fast. had our own thing, and we didn't sound the same. So when That's you fast. put us out on tour together, we were like we were like we were the soundtrack to people's lives and from the 90s to the middle 2000 we Man, were today <laughs> what you talking about <laughs> i would just <laughs> listen to father records we made records dre so we make records for to be in someone's home in london yeah, we yeah, wanted yeah. germany to hear what germany was talking about we knew mm -hmm. that we wanted to get the states we wanted to get the harder critics and when people gotcha. say you go to London, they used to say, oh, my God, you should be afraid of London. Back then, you should have been because London was a hard critic. London mm. was hard. But when they got you and they love you, I remember me stepping that on Wembley Arena. I'm stepping on the stage. I did Wembley Arena like seven times, like the Hippodrome I did. <laughs> no artist could really say they st I stepped on I stages where Michael Jackson was on. And that's what Yo, thrilled me. That thrilled me. That's out. crazy. You got I'm artists today that's at the that's that's top three, top two artists today has probably never stepped foot in Wembley, ever. Yeah, that's when you know. I, I, I just had to say that, but continue, continue. You know, Andre made records, and I think the staff also can't give it all up to Andre. You got to mm -hmm. give it up to the Uptown staff because Andre taught them like with Bad Boy, Puff, and Harf Pierre. They taught these cats like, dude, this is our company. We got to win. They had that mentality of we have to win. It ain't no, it's no losing. It's no, why you ain't get this record? 
Why you ain't get this record? This record got to break this week. I need this record to break. Like didn't Eddie F. Eddie didn't Eddie F. come out of that uh, that camp too? Eddie F. was with Uptown, the Untouchables, all of that part of Uptown, all of that. Eddie F. produced um um One Night Stand for me. Yep. Yeah. Like I mean, I told Eddie the type of records I want. When we went into the studio, I knew where my head was at. And on that Close to You album, and I dedicated, I dedicated that to Sonya. That's why I called it Close to You. I want to be close to you. If you listen to Close to You, now you'll get where I'm coming from because I'm talking to her on that song. But I had, that's why it was one of the last songs I've done on the Close to You album is because I wanted to really know what I wanted to say. Mm, and okay. I wanted to get the right person on that record. And the right person to me getting to know intro and knowing Kenny Green, mm -hmm. he was there when I was making my record. So I was like, yo, let me try Kenny on this close to you. I knew the record I wanted to use. That's I want to thank you, Heavenly Father. And and the way he he ripped it, he ripped it so ill, it was like that. Mm, I wanted that so that mm, doom, 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 doom. Yeah, yeah. 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 Man, you know, he rocked that. See, and when I made records, I thought about tour. I thought I thought about tour life. I thought you about- good, You had a good ear, man, for, for like, uh, let me say this. Let me, I, I, I hate to cut you off, man, but you had a great ear, man. Like when, when, how did you go about, you know, choosing beats, man? Like your beat selection. I always thought like, when I listen to a Father MC album, it flows, man. It, it, it has like a nice flow to it. So Look, explain always, to me. I always wanted, to be on that stage having a good cohesion, time. cohesion. That's the I word. Didn't want, I didn't want to be holding my Johnson on like I'm not that artist. <laughs> my artistry is is me moving, making you move, making you no like damn, like let's yeah, go. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not the artist that's gonna hold my crouch, and uh, I'm not that dude. I'm not me, 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 mugging. Yeah, I ain't that dude. I ain't that dude. Yeah. Come on, let's have a good time. Put a smile on your face. Let's go. Come on. It's a whole bunch of chicks in here. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. We may have a one night stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's that feel. It's that feel good music, man. And like I said, I love the the cohesion of uh, you know of your body uh, uh, of your bodies of work because a lot of times we we think of all these dope singles that you have, but I be trying to tell people, man, like nah, father made dope ass projects, man. Thank you, made, you made dope projects, brother. You know, so um. I want to talk about that. Like we could go all night talk about every project, but this the this project I, I want to talk a little bit um, before we get out of here, man. But you know, the sound of music is changing, man. Now it's nineteen, it's nineteen ninety five. You know, gangster rap is kind of like dominating the airwaves right now, man. You got Snoop, Dr. Dre. You know, a lot of gangster rap is just is is just all over the place, man. Even in the East Coast, and then right. you drop you drop another dope project, man. And has some of the, the, the at the time these guys wasn't known as legendary producers, but now as we look back, these guys are legends now. And I'm talking about the Sex Is Law project. Talk about the making of that one right there. Sex Is Law was was like I knew the growth, and I knew, like you said, that the gangster rap was coming in, and all of that, mm -hmm. right? At one point, I was like, I want to go there, but then I was like, I ain't. I, I'm already falling. I'm getting ready to talk to the women some more, but I'm gonna let them know I'm grown, I'm a little older, a little sexier. You know, um, yeah. let's get the weight up. So I went to um Teddy Rally this trip. I said, I want to mm. go. 
I went to Teddy and, you know, that's when I first met little Kim at Teddy's at Teddy Riley's studio. And okay. she was, she was dealing with um, Tyrone Fife. He was a producer on the album. And, Ty um, Fife. Ty Fife. And Ty's yes, crazy. Ty is my guy. He's crazy, though. He said, I, I yeah, anyway. But anyway, uh, she was with her mother. And I met her mother out there and everything. And we hit it off, you know. And I, and I was the first one to put Little Kim on a record. Like, I put on the record once she gets pumping it's hard to make the hottie stop and i'm looking at this little beautiful young thing and i'm just like okay you know but she was ty's girl so i couldn't do nothing yeah. i went to, i went home we was at this thing in new york they had this thing called nails and um kim saw me and i had just bought the range rover and kim saw me i'm parking i'm getting out and i seen kim she had little uptown look with the Jeans, the fitted jeans, <laughs> the little curl, but she was gorgeous, yeah. like yeah. gorgeous. You know, me and Kim, we talking, and Kim was this before the, the the Junior Mafia album. This before that, yeah, way before, yeah. And Kim, when she used to come to my house, the crazy part is this is crazy. Craig Mack had Flavor in Year going nuts. The record mm. was going. Nuts. Me and her used to argue, and she, she would just tell me. Biggie's gonna be bigger than everybody for, and I used to be like, dude, this nigga's record is four million on a single right now. What are you hell you talking? She's like, I'm telling you. And Biggie was my guy, but she always was team Biggie, and she was so freaking right, man. Anyway, I went to Teddy Rally, and um, he gave me the beat. He told I told him what type of record I wanted. He gave me a beat, and I hated '69. I mean, we went. It was the last day. Bugging you, bugging yo, sixty. You bugging. I'm sorry, yo. I can't hold that in, yo. Sixty nine. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll I, I'm about to give it to you. So, <laughs> I take the record home. I take the record home, and we. I'm listening to it. I'm upstairs in my house, and my pool was downstairs, and my stepdad and my crew were helping my dad put the lights on. And someone <laughs> said, "We should have a party." Tricky, my dancer say, yo, we should have a party. I was like, eh, that's all right. We could have a little more something. Man, yeah. Wendy Williams, she gets on, she hears about it and starts like from the party was Saturday. We we getting it ready like Tuesday. She's like, I'm having, fun. I'm having a party. Next thing you know, she goes on radio and says, Father, she's having a party. Next thing you know, I'm in Far Rockaway at the liquor store getting looking for the party. Mm. I signs, like people made signs to directions of my house. You got people, <laughs> and I'm in an all-white area, all-white neighborhood, only black yeah. guys. Right? You got the whole Farrakaway, Queens, Brooklyn, uptown, parking on these white people's manicure lawns and everything. <laughs> they ain't never seen that many black people in their life. And it was all good. And they came into the crib, and it was crazy. Not one incident, not one. That they talked so. about that. They talk about that. They talked about that party to this day. To this day, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, I was putting right sixty nine. I get back to Virginia, and Teddy had to go overseas or something. So it was the last time for me to get this record. 
Oh, you so you you recorded that you recorded that in his studio in the future, yeah, in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So okay. We went there. Teddy rented out all of these um, ski jets. He said, "Get the radio, get the radio." So I'm thinking, we going in. Man had a little tent and all of these Hampton chicks from Hampton College. And I had to write. They on water skis and everything, and I'm writing. So that's how I wrote. They said, "What you want to talk about?" That's the mo- <laughs> first thing that right will come to mind. I said, "Fuck it." I want to hit you with a 69. Yeah, I got to hit you with a 69. Man. I was like, I'm horny. I admit it. I get psycho when I'm licking. I'm yeah. up with other words, I'm sticking. Boom. That was the shit. That was the shit. Go back. Yeah, that's the yeah. Place it. Got back. Puff Andre. Puff running around the office. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dre's just looking like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Over, over. That was the shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say, man, you got to explain this one to me because because I was ele- I was I was eleven going to twelfth grade when that came out, and man, you couldn't tell you couldn't tell me nothing, man. That, that right there. I brought down the Apollo so bad with that record, I'll never forget, man. I mean, that Apollo, damn, yeah, I thought the stage was gonna break the way. You know, and it's the first time I'm doing it for the world on the Apollo. And the women went absolutely berserk. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. A lot of, I, I, like I said, man, I ain't even really know what that was, man, until that song, man, because I, I was I was a late bloomer, man. But <laughs> around yeah. that time, that's when I started rolling. Like, oh, okay, okay. But like I said, man, being a young man and that 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 song, man, and the, the, the music, you know, with like that should take me back, man. And, and and Teddy, bro, he he bless you on that one, brother. He bless oh, yeah. you on that yes. one. Yes, he, he definitely bless you. And all of that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so then we got, you know, we also got the RB swinger, man. You got Pete Rock. Yeah, Pete you know, Rock. Like, how the hell, how, how'd you, man? How'd you get Pete Rock on, on, on a Father MC project, man? I went to Pete, and I went to Mount Vernon, Heavy D, and that's Hev's cousin, God bless Hev. And yeah. I said, I want to I want to get something, because he had that, just did that record, like, you down with the Kings with Run DMC. Mm, Run DMC, yes, sir, yes, sir. I was like, oh, my God, I said, I need that flavor, man. I need that boop, 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 Pete said we did we made he made the record like in 10 minutes, like all jokes okay. aside. Was like we mm. in this space, and he just was like boo 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 boo. And then he started playing with it. I was like, that's it. I said, let's go. Give me yeah. something to I'll see you in a minute, man. We did the record, it was yeah. crazy. Crazy, man. Wow. We had some joints, man. Damn. Crazy. Yeah, man. So, so so you know, that was your that was your last project on Uptown Records, man. So, you know, as as, as Uptown is kind of and and it's crazy, man. Cause when I think back, man, I I I hate to even ask you this question because I really don't see a demise. But it seemed like, you know, you guys went uh, like eventually uptown closed its doors, man. And what was that all about? Because you guys still had so for real. They still had you, Heavy D. What was no, it like, man? It wasn't, as, it wasn't, they didn't. They didn't. What happened? Was, Andre, Joe, yeah, talk Andre about it, man. Deal. Andre got a deal with Motel. And the deal with Motown was $60 million. Oh, shit. So 
Dre had to let go of Uptown. He couldn't have Uptown no more. So he passed it to Heavy D. Heavy D bought Soul For Real and Monifa. And that yeah. was, and then next thing you know, MCA wasn't giving the love to Uptown the way they was giving the love to Andre. And yeah, relationship. Andre had years of, of, of a relationship. And then yeah. Dre's taking all of us to Motown. So, you know, Heavy had to be left with a whole new crew. He had to hire a whole new staff. He had to hire get all new talent. And that's when he hit with Soul For Real. And he hit with Mooney. And then, um, oh boy came, um, oh man, dang, um, what's his name? Uh, McGriff. McGruff. 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 McGruff was on um, Bad Boy. Um, Nah, I thought McGruff was on upset. Nah, McGruff was on upset. Yeah, right, yeah, he was. He, he was. was it didn't work. It started, yeah. It was Heavy's boy, McGruff, right. It didn't go as far as they wanted it to go. So MCA started holding back. You know, when a company don't want you to win, they start pulling back their dough. And that you need the dough to, to go. When Andre was going in there saying, I needed some checks, them checks was getting cut. Yeah. You know, yeah. the gatekeeper, yeah. the one that was keeping the lights yeah. on and hey, you know, mm-hmm. crazy. The so, relationships, it seemed like they go a long way, man. You know, being the, they, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then a lot of people, you know, we forget, man, Heavy D was such a, he was a, he was a young guy, man. He's only like 25, 26 years old. And Heavy was. So they, I don't, I don't think, man, you know, MCA probably Andre didn't look at him. He was giving me Uptown and he gave it to Heavy because Heavy was his first artist. Heavy was his first artist. And oh, I'm loyal. He had to. And I got it. And I understood it. Yeah, I understood yeah. it. Because I was ready to jump into those shoes. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I would have, uh, who knows? I can't even say if I would have did it better or it would have been a whole different feel. But I had my type of Thing that I, I saw Uptown going in a whole different direction. Now let's talk about that, man. Talk about that. What, what, what would you have done different? Just you know, what some of the things? Because it seemed like, man, you still had Jodeci, you still had Hev, you still had nothing different. I wouldn't. If if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You get what I'm saying? I think Hev did an extraordinary job with Soul for Real, bringing being the breakout team of coming out and. The new CEO, I think that was incredible. A little group that sounds like the Jackson Five, and they were young. Yeah. You know, my, my love them. crazy. I thought that was sexy. Then Monifa, yeah. that's his Mary J. Blige of yeah. what he's bringing to the table. You know, I had a, I had a, I had a fortress too, though. I had a group called Five Deep that I was bringing to the table. I had um, Sharissa that I was bringing, and it would have been a whole different little setup. It would have been a whole different setup, but yeah, yeah. it would have been up there. Horace Brown. Been. That's what I was trying to think of. Horace Brown. Horace Brown, my guy. Horace Brown, my guy. That's my guy. Horace Brown. Y'all had some. Y'all had some artists, man, and I always wondered. You know, like I said, I'm I, I'm I'm finishing high school around this time, and I always wondered. You know, like what happened, man? Like it just seemed like you just. It didn't seem like the music. There wasn't. It didn't seem like the creativity of, of the music 
or the quality it didn't dwindle it still was a high, uh, uh, it still was high quality music and it just seemed like that was it and, it was just, and so it was so just, how was it, how was that mca like i said when the record label was like uh like i'm dwindling they dwindle and they i don't think they were in full support of hev really i don't believe so i don't think they were really you know giving him the support he needed okay now i could be wrong but i mean have came with hits he came with hits he didn't backfire he didn't shotgun he came with hits you know you couldn't run on though for real you couldn't front on monifa you couldn't it's just that i think companies get used to who they used to dealing with and used to dealing with in a certain way those and, relationships yeah and they, I don't think they were ready to move the way Heavy was trying to make them move. Um, it's hard when you, an artist, transforming and transitioning into a CEO and having to deal with corporate. You can't bring your homeboys in all the time. You have to mm. do, you have to understand who you are and the position that you're taking to understand the moves that you're making. You know so it's a political game. So let's just say you decided to you let's just say you decided to step into those shoes. Would you been would you have been relative uh willing to relinquish that title or that position of being an artist for for you know for that? I was ready, you know. I was ready. I've done it, been there, done it. You know, well, do you did you think you can you can you, you would have been able to do both? I would have been able to do both, but I was really focused on ready to to step into a new shoe position, which which meaning. I was ready to throw on my shoes and slacks and say, let's go to work. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I was a threat. I was a threat. I was a threat. And I take that and I'll take it. You know, I was a threat because like you're going to see now, like in, in 10 seconds, you're about to see now. Like I got, I got my, my baby girl, Brie, Brianne. I think she's a crazy threat to, to, to the market. I think like Mm. she, she's, She's just a beauty, a beautiful soul, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Like her voice makes me melt, man. And that's crazy. My favorite artist, missing. my favorite artist today, Faith Evans, Kelly Price. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Hands down. Soulful. Really sing that. I want to just make you cry. Yeah. Get it. That's what's that's- missing. You know, yeah, you know, you have um, what do you think? What do you think made Uptown so special, man? You know, with so, all so 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 we were lookers, we had soul. The dress you looked at us when we went out. You looked at us. I wanted to be a part of them. I want to be a part of them. I'll never forget when I used to go to Uptown and see people tending out, sleeping out to want to be signed to Uptown. That was like the Motown. We were the Motown. We were the young new Motown on the block. Yeah, yeah. Sexy. We were glorified. We had style. We had the swagger. We had we we had the it factor. You know, nice. I mean, other labels was turning out hit records, but we were the record company. We mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. we were the soundtracks that niggas. Nigga, I, I got people saying to me all day, like, "Yo, man, oh my god, your records have me. I got my kids because of your records." Yeah, uh, that's facts. You know, I got the listening to you. You know, yeah. like it's funny, like it's crazy. 
And, you know, like certain records I I think about, like when records like Secret Lover, good for instance, I remember what I was doing when Secret Lover was out. You get what I'm saying? People tell me, I remember where where I was at when I'll Do For You came. When one night stand, when Trina was Lisa, baby, uh, I beat you. Why you ain't calling me back? I mean, the list goes on, man. Like I and said, I got that shit for I, I got it for my birthday. I got their I got their Father's Day for my birthday, so you know yeah. I remember it. Right, <laughs> all cassette, all cassette. Right, wow, all cassette. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, what are some of your fondest memories, man? When you think back to Uptown, man, what are some of your fondest memories? Seeing Dre laugh, I used to love when he laughed because I used to always be like the little comedian at the office yeah. and, and I used to be like, somebody's getting fired. Especially like when they break records or when they had a hard time breaking the records, I'd be the one that's uh, in there making jokes. Oh shit. Yeah, I'd be the one making jokes. It, it was just fun, man. Uptown was fun, man. Just the record yeah. company itself was just fun. It was fun, but it's nothing like you being a part of something when you're getting money, you're young, you're black, you're getting paper and you enjoying what you're doing? Going on tour, the tour bus, you know, the, the the life on the road was crazy. You know, your team, you pick your team, you paying these guys, you responsible for them. I, I took like I took like 15 dudes around the world and I was responsible. Yeah. I, I was responsible for their their health, their their security, them you know, their hotel, their their airfare, you know, paying them, you know, it's mm. a lot to this thing. It's not, you know, you're a company, no matter what, how you look at it, because you're employing, you're employing people and you're paying them. You gotcha. get what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. And, what is some of I'm, your, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm so fortunate that I was able to take a lot of people that never would have probably in their life saw half the things they saw with my experience, you know? Right. No doubt. No doubt. So I noticed you just mentioned, you you know, you mentioned uh, this artist, man, you know, we go fast forward to, to the present. And, um, you know, I remember you dropped your last album in, two, in, in, in I believe, 2003. And then, you know, you, 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 you said, man, that's it. You know, so what made you kind of like, my dad kind of made you, we kind of made you just, you know, just, just, just take it easy, man, with the, with the music, man, and just leave it alone. Well, my dad, first of all, my dad passed, and then um, it, it really hit me, and then um, I really wanted to go and visit a lot of places I've been and didn't wasn't able to have fun that I really enjoyed, and that's what I did. Then I moved to Atlanta and just start having fun. Just start having fun, man. Like just enjoying it. In yeah. the strip clubs, you know, I, it was crazy. Now, when you, when were you in Atlanta? Because I was living in Atlanta around that around that time. Of, you you know, two thousand three. I, I stayed. I, I was in Atlanta from two thousand three to two thousand eight. I don't know, Jade. No, I was there for like fourteen years, though. I was there for fourteen years. I was doing it in Atlanta. Oh my God, I was doing it. Jesus. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, man. I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy, and I don't know. Have you been asked this question in an interview? But 
Weren't you uh, married to Theresa Randall? Never. Why does Google says that? Because Google lies. The internet is Why full do of shit. That? Do you, do you know that, though? Have anyone yeah, ever brought that to you? Man, I ain't never been married to that chick, man. I ain't never. <laughs> me, and, me and Teresa did date. We did date for a few. You know what I mean? I think what happened was we went to this affair, this red carpet affair. And, you know, to this day. I hate to be that I'm guy, man. I'm sorry. You know, you ain't got to be. I ain't mad at that. I wear, I wear this ring. I bought this ring. And, and I gained weight. I gained a little weight. So I took it off. It couldn't fit my pinky. And I put it right there. And everybody said I'm married. But at the end of the day, listen. If I was, I'd be like, yeah, it was, and it, it was what it was, but I wasn't. Me and me and Teresa was buddies. We were we were we were cool, but we were better off single and separated. But never, I ain't got a bad thing to say about her, but she's crazy. But um <laughs> <laughs> you know, nah, but nah, nah, I, I like Teresa, I like Teresa a lot, and I really don't. You know what it was was that she was every guy's fantasy. Yeah, I'm and not I, the same man. It was to me as a as a younger, it was her and Karen White to me. Yeah, dude, I ain't gonna front, dude. When I first saw her at the Century Club, the way I stepped to it was like, yo, cut. I got to. I saw that movie, that movie, I was like, is it, I gotta do I got to. I'm sorry. Which one? Which movie? Which movie? We talking about Sugar Hill? Girl Six did it for oh, me. Girl Six, yeah. The voice, oh. the voice. Well, yeah. <laughs> She had some choice, man, and, and, and she was a cool individual. Yeah. I think she was yeah. She was cool, very sophisticated, very like, yeah, like okay. if I did it, I probably would have been forced to be married. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's still up on the internet, man. It's still up on it. And I, I told myself, I said, I, man, I said, man, don't ask him that question, man. Don't even don't ask him that. Teresa was a good girl. And I respect her, but nah, we never was married. Never, no, okay. never. Like I said, we went out to this function, and yeah. there was two securities, a girl and a guy, and they said, "Oh my God, four of them seeing Teresa Randall married." Yeah, that's how the rumors start, and that's how they go. And people yeah. want to believe the internet, so I let them. I let them. No, I, no. Look, let me tell you something. I heard four months ago I was homeless, and there was a guy. Now this is the crazy shit. There's a guy on the internet saying he's homeless, saying, but he never says Father MC. It just says he has a beef with Puffy. First of all, me and Puff never had a beef. Never. So the, that the internet. Uh, the internet, but they said and he's in a shelter. Yeah. I'm in a $3.5 million mansion right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, at the end of the day, the thing that bugged me out was he was showing himself, his face. Mm -hmm. On him saying, "Yo, man, Puff owe me money and all of this stuff." I'm like, "Why, well, dude? Y'all could clearly y'all know, y'all know, me. man. Yeah, you know, y'all know the people that know me, though. You know, yeah, your yeah. homeless nigga. You do I look homeless? But at the end of the yeah. day, that's what it does. And you know, you got to understand when you get in this game, you got to take the good and you got to take the bad and you got to rock and roll mm -hmm. with it. So, and I accept yeah, yeah. it. I accept mm -hmm. it. You know." You knew what then, you you know you knew what you signed up for. Yeah, I knew what I signed up for, and and you know it's gonna be this new album, Black Disney. It's gonna be a whole bunch of more stuff. And at the end of the let's day, let's talk about that, man. Let's talk about. Let's get into a little bit into that before we get out of here, man. Because I'm I'm you know before I before when I when I interview an artist, man, I do my research, and with you, 
I didn't have to do too much research because I'm already a fan. I've been a fan for over 30 years. But I'm looking at the Instagram page and I see you got an um I see you got some singles, man. You got some dope new songs, man. You know, uh that new money smell, uh till the wheels fall off. You know, you got some you got some joints, man. You still got it, man. So talk about that, man, as far as age and and, and, and hip hop, man, because a lot of times artists get older, man, and in and, and hip hop, we don't preserve our legends like other genres do. So Tell me what's your take on that, man? Because from what I'm here, brother, you still sound amazing to me. Man, what I what I what I what I decided when I decided to take a break, man, and I knew what I was doing. One thing I, I said to myself, I'm not gonna fall off and I'm gonna stay current. And I'm not gonna be one of these artists that be a turn into a bum. So what I did was I started investing early in my career. So if I didn't want to do this. I still have revenue coming in. So people yeah. want to know, how you in a $3.5 million? How, how are you doing all that? How are you mm. doing? You, you know, you could want the cars. And I did have the cars, you know, as far as MC, but you could want all of that. But I worked being father MC and I put mm. away, put away for a rainy day is real, but I put away for investment rainy days. So that's what made it make sense. And then I'm a street dude. I knew, you know, you know, do what you got to do sometime and do what you got to do. And, no, and that's. I got to say no more. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 get it. I mean, you know, I knew I was. I say that, that. I say that. I say this because I'm not one of the type of podcasts. I don't. I'm not really into the sensationalism, man. Like, I don't even, to be honest, brother, the, the, the amount of love and respect that I have for you and admiration, man that I have, I don't even really like to bring up these rumors and stuff, man, because to me, it's almost insulting asking you some of these things, man. No, 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 so I love, I love the, I love the, the consistency of the bullshit. I love it because if at least if it's consistent, someone is talking, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want, I, I got some other stuff that people, but I, I'm not even going to bring that shit up because I, <laughs> I'm talking to my partner. He's like, yeah, you hear so-and-so. So I'm like, nigga, you bugging, bro. Stop it, bro. Dude, let me tell you something. I'm about to drop an album. I'm about to drop some crazy shit. And I'm expecting it all. Like, with the good yeah. comes from that. And you just got to sit there and, and absorb it. You get what I'm saying? Okay. At the end of the day, I make this this album is is telling the story. It's, I think it's mm -hmm. telling what people want to know. Gotcha. And gotcha. Certain records, in certain records, if you listen lyrically, if you listen to it, it's, it's, it's explaining whatever you inconsistent with or consistent with. It's going to, mm -hmm. you're going to hear it from the horse's mouth at the end of the day. No doubt. I, now, I, know, I, I also noticed, man, that you have an artist, man. You know, this, um, like I said, I heard I heard the artist that you just mentioned, but I, I, you have an artist, is her name Passion? Is that Passion? That's my girl too. That's my baby girl as well. Yeah, and, and, and you, you, you know, you get it. You wrote, you wrote and produced a song from her called uh, "Belong to Me," which is fire, man. So tell me what you what you saw in this girl as far as you know, uh, making you want to align yourself with this young talent. I, I met Pash, and, and me and Pash hit it off from the gate. You get what I'm saying? And she was coming in. My guy introduced me to her, and. She came in and me and her just hit it off. And then when I heard her, it was just 
over. I was like, it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. You know, and we work now. We're working on her project right now as we speak. And I just got off the phone with her like earlier. We were just talking about the direction we're going to go in and how we're going to definitely attack the situation and um and do it. She's very humble, very, very beautiful soul, beautiful person. Like, you know what I mean? She's 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 a beautiful woman, too. When she's good on the eyes and when brothers see her, they're going to want her. That's for one thing. They got to want her because they want her now when she's not, you know, nothing like she's no celebrity. Then, you know, passion, Tiffany Wright, too, is dope. My girl, Tiffany, you know, we're going to build her up. But my priorities right now are passion and Brienne. Okay. Two totally different voices, two totally different albums in two totally different directions that they're going to go, you know. Okay, and we should be expecting that in 2021? Early 2021. Passion, you should be expecting in another two to three months, single dropping. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. so when, when we when we supposed to be expecting that new father MC project, man, because we've been it's, it's it's been eighteen years, man. It's been eighteen years, and you teasing us with these songs, man. You got you got the you got a whole different flow, man. But it it ain't sounding like these young boys. It ain't sounding like the old guys from back in the day. It's still father MC, but with, it's a new twist, man. So talk about that, and talk about when you're ready to drop this project, man. Well, we're gonna drop. We're gonna drop in like a couple of months because we have the uptown movie that they're shooting um oh, that's shit. on with um bt it's a three mini part series we wow. have me and jimmy jenkins have this thing called and Jannard parker um uptown beyond where he's the ex-president of uptown we got together and we interviewed so many people that knew dre andre harrell so that's yeah. coming and then we have Black Disney that's coming. Mm. Then I have um, it's in the works as we speak. I can't really talk a lot about it, but it's um, it's a thing. It's a reality show. But it's um, let's just say this: Did you enjoy? I, I know the world enjoyed Flavor of Love. Of course, it was entertaining. So just put. And I don't even. I don't even. I don't. I don't even care for them type of shows. But I like that. <laughs> Father Love is coming. Oh Father shit. Love. Yeah, and it's, I, can give you this. I can give you this. Um, my manager he wants it to be on some um some like sophisticated, cool. I want it to be exactly what it is. Father of love. You got twenty girls in Atlanta, twenty girls in LA. So I'm torn between LA and Atlanta, and then <laughs> York put away. And these are all different cultural type of women. You got Spanish. You got um, Latino. You got blacks. You got um, Supreme Puffs, you got some everything, everything, yeah. you know. We may have a couple of midgets, you know, not midgets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got to be politically correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Nah, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. All women. I'm just going to say it like this. All women. All yeah, women. yeah. So, so, so look, uh, Father, you know, being in the game for you know over 30 plus years, man, what do you what do you, what would you like your legacy to be, man? Because I can tell you what I think your legacy is, but I would like to hear from you, man. What would you like your legacy to be? 
all the recognized talent, man. And I put out not only hit records, but I also had a slew of artists that are still relevant as we speak. And then mm. um, I just kept it 1000, whether you like what you hear or you don't, I don't have a reason to front or lie. Like if you ask me a question, I'm just going to tell you. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. you know, it is what it is, but just, I'm just a loyal dude, man. You loyal to me. I'm gonna keep it loyal with you, and, and let's just rock and roll and get this paper. No doubt, man. It seemed like it, you know, talking to you, brother, man. And this, like I said, this is probably I've done damn near forty interviews, man. This is probably one of my most enjoyable, man, because these are the ones I really get up for. Because I, I, you were someone that I looked up to, man. A lot of the artists that I interview, I'm now I'm the OG. You know, but you my OG. You, you, you my OG. You who I, I remember being a kid and putting on my suit and having my little hot top fade and trying to, you know, try to try to look like you and everything, man. So this is an honor, man, just being able to talk to you, brother, and knowing all that you have contributed to the culture, man. So again, uh, Father, it's 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 been an honor. It's been a pleasure, man. You got anything else you would like to add, brother? When we get out of here. I'd just like to say thanks for having me, man, and, and representing and you keep doing what you do because you giving the ear to you giving the ear for people to listen and hear, you know, to see where everything is at in the music thing too, man. And you keeping hip hop and R and B alive as well. So I applaud you and, and your whole team and everybody that's rocking with you to make you possible. You get what I'm saying? And thank you. If everybody that wanna get in touch, man, I'm at the real father MC, my Instagram, Twitter. The real father MC, um, Facebook, same thing. So y'all get at me. I do answer back though, for real. Okay. And if I do, okay. then hit Jay up, my manager, Jay Brady, <laughs> at Instagram, okay. Jay Brady one. Okay. I, I, yeah, I think so. And um, I look forward to y'all, man. Just look out for Black Disney. It's coming. Hopefully sooner than later, but it's definitely coming. Thank you, man. Again, it's been an honor, man. The one, the only, the legend, Father MC, Bridging the Generation podcast, man. And we out of here. Have a good night, brother. Peace. Good night, brother. Thank you. All right. It's been a pleasure. All right. Boom. Oh.